and we are back. It is episode 20 of the Pro Painted podcast. Uh, apologies to our fans. It has been a while since we have last recorded. Fans. Yeah, they are fans, <laughs> aren't they? Listeners. Listeners, no fans. Come on. It's the Pro Painted crew. They love us. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, apologies for that. I mean, I think realistically going forward, um, probably going to do a three-week schedule. We'll try and do every couple of weeks if we can. Um, I think it's just been a bit unmanageable with me kind of doing my business, prepping for events, all sorts of different bits and bobs. Also, it doesn't help if you try and record last week and the Skype just decides it doesn't want to record me, um, which arguably could have made it a better show. But Probably, yeah. Anyway, so it's, it's developed so you, your recording equipment has developed some sort of sentient AI. And, yeah, uh, yeah. There's, fuck there's that just, guy. Fuck them, yeah, <laughs> um, so it is a regular episode. I, you can hear them both have already fucking taken the piss out of me for shit. Um, so joined by Mr. Rob Ellis. Evening all. Evening. How are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. I'm on my uh, one of my des- designated free nights so uh yeah no guilt-free podcasting and probably doing a little bit of hobbying in the background so i'm uh i'm gonna be on and off that mute button like a demon tonight so uh it's yeah. my happy days i swear to god when you die mate not only are we burying you with your unfinished projects including bellacore just on your tombstone it's gonna just gonna be shouldn't have been on shouldn't have been on mute like if you die <laughs> i want it to be in relation to you you, you needed to be heard but no one yeah. can hear you because you're on fucking mute for some stupid reason. Yeah. Let's let's try to out. I'm going to outlive the pair of you, so let's not worry yeah. about that. Trying to phone the paramedics. <laughs> just... Hello, hello, hello. How can we hello? help? No, I'm dying. I'm bleeding. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> and you also heard him there as well. Um, joined by Ian Gilmore. Hello, Matthew. How are you? Are you feeling tidy? I am feeling super tidy. Brilliant. Yeah, I was just it's taking, all good. Just taking the slight piss out of Ian because I've literally never heard him say the word tidy so often in our little intro, our little initial chat before we get recording. And he's chucked out like seven tidies so far. Um, and the fact that he lives in the north of England, he seems to have gone more Welsh. It's, I wonder if it's a defence mechanism. It might be. It's my natural immune response yeah. coming were- to the forefront. But you were also mm. saying you kind of coming down with a cold. So maybe when you get a cold, you just get more Welsh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Awesome. Uh, it's kind of Thomas is implying that being Welsh is like an illness. Mm. Um, maybe it's a symptom. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You're a pharmacist, I suppose. If someone came in and they just randomly started saying tidy in the sentences, and he clearly went feeling a, bit, feeling a bit woke up this morning, doctor. I'm feeling a bit Welsh, I am. Uh, <laughs> what would you prescribe? <laughs> Um, antipsychotics, maybe. Oh, could you do them over the counter? <laughs> um, no, but you know. All <laughs> oh, right, so you should probably get, get out the back. You probably get, get out the back. Around the back in half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Back half hour. Sort you some pills out, and then. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Comedy girls strap the back. Um, yeah, tidy. This episode is just going to have to be called Tidy now. Tidy is. Tidy. It's tidy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so next, we are. You have got a bit of a treat, though, listeners. Uh, not fans, because Rob's got queer about it already. So we're actually going to be recording. Uh, we're scheduled in with Mr. Steve Foot next week. About so you, fucking time. Yeah. So you're actually going to have back-to-back episodes of the Pro Painter Podcast. This one out. You'll be listening to us on a Friday, and the following Friday will be a chat with Steve. I. Ex- 
expect that to be a bit of a bumper show, reason being we've got a lot to talk about. Um, but interestingly, talking to Stephen, I'm glad he feels the same. I don't just want to kind of earmark him with narrative, so I don't want it to be the narrative show. Um, so we've got some really interesting topics to talk about, including continuing my campaign. We're just getting started now for South Coast GT Coolest 19, which I'm going big for again next year. Um, and I need other people to get involved and other people to get behind it. So we're going to get the hashtag going, we're going to get a group chat going, and we're going to get us all literally competing for this event next year. I think it's going to be it's going to be ace. And South Coast GT dates are out there. Book the hotel. I know you two probably aren't going. Is that right? Probably not. Might do. Yeah, um, I, I, I won't be going, unfortunately. That's, that's, that's a shame. But if you are listening and the dates are out there, um, hit up on Twitter at Heel and Hammer. Um, those have been released. Um, so do go and book your hotel because it, it sells out really quick. Um, talk about events. I want to do some shout outs. Um, then we'll do kind of a, a quick kind of hobby catch up on what we've been up to. Which one, is one, one, one thing One thing before yeah, we sure. stray off the, uh, the point. Um, <laughs> I remember the, I think it might have been the, the second or third episode that we put out. Um, and I said that my uh, Zinch army, including Bellacore, would have been ready for this South Coast. Just got to say just gone. It's been six months now. <laughs> but it was going to be ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, it's not even going to, the reason, and the only reason, and it's not a knock on, uh, you know, uh, Dan, Wayne and Russ, because they, they run a really good event. And, you know, I was gutted not to be there for, to see you uh, win best painted last year and you know i did say that i wanted to try and make it a pro painted three peat um but yeah i'm, I'm literally it won't be ready for, for this 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 one coming up as well and that, that's the only reason I, I won't be going it's not a knock on the event or anything like that listeners so uh, uh yeah it's that's i want i want my neck i want it to be ready for the next event and i don't really want to sort of put any pressure on myself to get things done quicker so yeah that that's the i thought i'd bring that up because that was quite funny so i thought oh, yeah i remember beaming with confidence thinking that the, the army would be ready for south coast 2018 and it was not even going to be ready for 2019 <laughs> so as much as i uh, as much as i get wound up by all the jokes about you know taking longer with all these bits and bobs it's actually a leg- i've got a legitimate reason it's not procrastination this time i'm a father to a beautiful four and a half month year old little girl and yeah it's uh just the way things are shaken out but yeah get, get your hotels booked guys and get down Horndean for the uh is it the premier inn or is it a travel lodge premier, premier inn, inn isn't it? Premier. yeah get, yeah. Get, get, yeah and now uh, if guys one thing as well listeners if you do go make a load of noise and wind up the guy that's on reception because he's a <laughs> cock <laughs> but, 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 but bear in mind he will call the fucking 5-0 on you um but as long as you've got someone like mitzi to uh keep you in the beers late at night then uh, you'll be fine yeah and a bit of a south coast 2016 in joke there but uh yeah a bit of an in joke sure. and, and it, there's been i think i started early doors saying i didn't want to kind of get too many in jokes in there but just to kind of clarify rob's story there's a guy on the desk at the Premier Inn that used to go to Games Workshop Paul and Bournemouth that is au fait with a hobby and he seems to just want to work that weekend every year and he's a dick um, he's called the police on people before they've been in the hotel room and the police have reprimanded him because there's just nothing going on it's he's just oh he's such a douchebag well, I'll expand on that slightly um, the police were called because they were 
people have complained. I'm doing bunny years now that there <laughs> were there was talk of there, there, there was talk of drugs <laughs> in the hotel room when in fact it was Ian being dared to snort lines of Nescafe from the little Nescafe sachets that you get from the thing. So this boy will snort anything. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of give a bit of context around the, the reason why. So I'm sure all your uh, top table behaviour antics will, will will not go unnoticed by the douchebag behind the desk. But, uh, yeah, have, have a good time, everyone. And it's a, yeah. I'd love to have got the army ready for them, but unfortunately, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I mapped it out, and I probably could at a push, but I, I don't, I've, I've said from the very beginning that I don't want to rush this project. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's tough. I mean, you know, it, the idea of saying to yourself, I'm just going to do this army, and actually, I'm not going to have this at the goal. I mean, I probably expect 90%, if not more, of the people listening to this are people who go, that's my goal, it's going to be done. And you fail or you succeed, but there's not many people who sit there and go, whoa, 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 I can maybe get it done, but actually, I'm just not. I'm just not going to stress myself out. The army's going to yeah, be ready th- when it's think- ready. It's very, that's and, uh- feels rare. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, not sort of labour the point too much, but I, I think it, it comes down to, you know, sort of perhaps age and, and not having the the time to perhaps commit uh, as, I, as I perhaps once did. You know, if I'm going to do a project, I don't want to be looking at looking back on it and thinking, you know, I, you know, I want to take all the, you know, I've said many of it, many episodes, I want to take all the great feedback that I had that I took on board from my previous attempts and, and put it into practice and. You know, I really want to sort of do, you know, do it justice and not, you know, if I'm going to put the time into it, I'd rather spend an extra month, you know, getting it right or an extra couple of months getting it right um, and and not sort of put myself under undue pressure. I've got enough going on in my life. I don't want to, I don't want the thing that's supposed to relax me um, or something that I'm, you know, supposed to enjoy 100%. I don't want that to be another thing that I have to worry about necessarily. I don't know if that makes sense, but... You yeah, just, you you just didn't really sound like those yeah. drugs that we were being accused of using in the hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. get onto a bit more detail on that when we do kind of our hobby yeah. catch-ups. I'm sure you, you really want to cover that. No need to apologise whatsoever. People love hearing our thoughts. That's why That's why it's a podcast. Um, one thing I wanted to give us a very specific shout-out for is, uh, we mentioned it before, but we've got an event coming up in in um, in January. Um, so it's Santa's Hangover. Uh, it's run by run by a good friend, Patrick O'Sullivan. Um, it's 24 players. Um, he's getting sign-ups for it now. Um, so we're talking about it's on the 12th and 13th of January next year. Uh, five games, match play. Um, interestingly, he's going as quite an accessible uh, event, so he's not using any of the Realm rules whatsoever, which I think is quite a, yeah. quite a good idea. Have it a bit different. Don't have to worry about them at all. I love that. Yeah, thought you might. So, yeah, it's, it's great yeah. for Jen as well. I think, it's very, I think it's I think it's very much in the spirit of the event he's trying to run. I, I, very you know, chilled. As much as, yeah, just chilled out. I mean, I don't mean that from I don't sort of have any negative connotations towards people that do sort of want to get into the into the nitty gritty of, of AOS two. But I think having just a, a bit more of an event where you can rock up and you know enjoy the social, you know, everyone's a uh, you know, sort of hungover pretty much from the Christmas period at that point. So the less sort of stress on you mm-hmm. uh, on you to sort of learn rules or remember stuff the better I think 
Yeah, it's kind of like a nice refresher after the Christmas period because there's not, yeah. you know, we're we are at the stage now. It's November. There's not that many events left in the year. I mean, my next event is actually going to be running the Painting Masters next January, um, which is running the same time as Santa's Hangover. Um, so it could be two events side by side. So something that's really cool about Santa's Hangover is you'll get to see the stuff we're up to with the Painting Masters. Um, so that hopefully will be something that really entices people to go to to that event um, i've got some initial details up for the painting masters um on uh, tga and um, that's gonna be fleshed out a bit more uh, we're basically we've had blood and glory and warhammer achievements this weekend um i'm waiting for uh crim uh, bobo uh, once we've got the results in for those um then obviously we'll, we'll get the final invitations but you can see the top 16 on the website you know it, it's kind of getting there now um and we'll start getting invites formal proper invites out uh, one small thing I wanted to mention though, what I've done is something that I've spoken to about the guys and I think it's quite cool and I, I would kind of like to see events, um, maybe if it works out, try it in the future. But the approach I've done for the Realm Rules is that you have your army list um, and as normal you declare what realm you're from so you can choose your artefacts. What you can also do, instead of choosing your, your from your normal spell law, so that's only going to be applicable to the vast majority of the new books. I mean, there's not many of the older books out there nowadays. So what I mean by that is um, Stormcast, Zinch, for example, have their own spells in their army books. Instead of choosing those, because they're normally an additional spell uh, for a model in the army, instead you can choose one of the spells from the realm that you're from. So... It's interesting because there's a lot of very good spells in the game, very cool spells. There's a lot of very good artifacts and cool artifacts, but they're not always in the same realm. So it's a bit of a decision there. And also what I wanted to do is rather than having like the battle plan like pre-rolled and like the terrain features is that you turn up to the game and one of you is from death, one is from shadow. You either decide between the two of you, actually, should we play death? Yeah, awesome. Let's do that. Or you roll off and you decide between the two of you in your little bubble. That's the realm you play in. So you're always going to be playing in your army's realm or your opponent's army's realm. Um, and then you roll the terrain feature separately as well. So I just, I, it feels a bit more... The word narrative feels appropriate, but it feels like it kind of fits the idea of the army lists and things more. I don't know what you guys think of that. Well, it's just different, isn't it? It's not... It's not I don't think it's better or worse it's just a different take on it i'm sure it'll work sounds good yeah i'm interested I, i'm sure there's still filthy combos in there but oh yeah um, massively yeah but i think it's a bit different so i'm interested to see what people think and I, i'm quite excited to play it i might play test it a little bit at a club before the event itself um so yeah santa's hangover painting masters please do check out santa's hangover also if you're in say the top 20 at the moment for the painting um the painting masters Go and get yourself a ticket for Santa's Hangover. There's always dropouts for Masters-type events, so it means you can move your ticket over, worst-case scenario. All right. Um, then we've got... I want to shout out Curtain Games. These guys, again, they've been great with us, you know, making sure we get all the new AOS releases through so, you know, we know what we're talking about. So, obviously, we've not had much recently. There's a lot of 40K, uh, but we've got the Beast of Chaos book, which is giving me loads of great ideas to kind of go go forward. And the Endless Spells are so cool. Um, so, please do go and check them out. It's uh, Their website is www.curtaingames, uh, you know, .co.uk. Um, obviously, they're based in Crediton outside Exeter, which you covered before. They've got loads of events. And next year, it looks like they're going to be doing hopefully kind of fully painted aos events and maybe dipping their toe into doing uh two-day events so do keep your eyes open for those those guys are super cool really support us so if you want to support us go to their website buy from them 
put a cheeky mention on that you're buying because Pro Painted's mentioned you, and that you know that that's awesome. You know, it, it does a lot for both of us. Um, and also, obviously, that's the same with Mercia Miniatures. Um, great supporters of ours. Actually, uh, they've helped me out with a couple of models for my new um, my Temple of Set uh, Daughters of Cain army. So I think Conan you can't go far wrong. Don't reveal too nice. much for Paul's narrative event. I've kind of hit on it before, um, but they help me out with some miniatures. And um, they also do specifically mentioning Beasts of Chaos. They do some fantastic kind of character esque models and units that you can use in a Beast of Chaos army, which would fit straight in with the current GW range, um, particularly the Beast Lords and things. Not exactly the strongest models in the GW range at the moment, especially the Shamans. There's like one plastic Shaman, which is a good model, but want a bit of variety. These guys are really good. Um, and also the Minotaurs are amazing. They are proper Minotaurs, not the cowie, cloven, claw, fat leg, weird muscle GW ones, which I kind of like, but... Oh, not yeah, so. they've grown on me quite a lot. They kind of... You're just covered in Minotaurs, they... are you? That because you're so cold yeah. in your flat, you just like you're just rolling around in Minotaur spruce. You're like, oh, keep me warm. Yeah, just a kind of very uncomfortable blanket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like those legs. Um, the legs on those fucking Minotaurs are terrible. I'm sorry. I think it's the. It's, I think it's more the paint job. It's just, it's just very. The, the heavy metal style doesn't really suit them. I've seen other paint jobs. Is, they're really nice. So. Yeah. I think it's a combination of the two. The paint job doesn't help um, in regards to line highlighting all those muscles and stuff. But Rob is right. The muscles are just an absolute mess um, on the legs. It didn't even work. They don't like. I don't mind them being muscly. And I haven't got anything against muscly fucking minor tall <laughs> legs. Right? Do you want me to read an inclusive podcast? Do you want, do you want, realist, the, do you want, do you want realistic? Minotaurs, is that what you're saying? Well, no, it's not that we get realistic. But, like, the, 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 the muscles are, like, literally... In, I, like, you know, and I, I, I know a thing or two about sculpting legs because fucking Bellacore's lower legs are completely <laughs> scratch, fucking sculpted from scratch. And it did, t- did take a while for a, to sort of get the sort of anatomy right, and they just it just looks weird, mm. do you know what I mean? Because the, the muscles are just in the wrong place. Yeah. But as a counterpoint, they're a fantasy model. But I know what you mean. They they, they just don't yeah. look right, and it puts you off. Um, and on the final note, um, there's been a bit of a kind of a bit of a change around with the Pro Painted um, Studios website. Uh, we've got a lot of the sets have been remodeled. We've got an update to some of the spell tokens to make them, you know, just a little bit nicer. Uh, I've broken down some of the token sets. Uh, we've got some really exciting products going up, um, but we have got the the, the Beast of Chaos, um, so the, the primal beasts, as I call them, to, uh, compatible with Beast of Chaos token sets are up. Um, but what I will say, people are still contacting me saying, oh, do you do custom work? The answer is yes. If you want something specific, some club combat gauges, you want some objective tokens with a logo on, anything like that, hit us up at propaintedstudios at gmail.com and I'll happily accommodate whatever you need. Um, and don't forget, you've got the 5% off discount code for the website, which is propaintedpodcast. That'll give you 5% off your order and uh, you're still getting free delivery on anything over 20 quid. So go and check that out. We've had some great feedback recently. Um, we've even had um, top streamers kind of at GW events using my tokens, which is quite cool. Um, so yeah, go, go and check them out, support us, and that, that'll be ace. So that's that's it for kind of the usual shout outs. Um, so what I wanted to do is kind of catch up with you two um, and talking about not finishing projects. Mr. Gilmore, how are you getting on? What have you been up I'm, to? I've been flitting around like the proverbial hobby butterfly. <laughs> I've been doing 
loads of random stuff, which has, has been really enjoyable. So I've been, I've done some, I've made some progress on the Daughters of Cain. I've painted the skin on five witch elves, oh. which I'm very impressed with myself because I forced myself to do it. Um, but I've also done, um, I'm on, I've done the Orc Warband, is that the right word, from Shadespire. So I've done those. Yeah. Uh, which I really enjoyed doing because I, I fancied, I wanted to do some Thousand Suns, but rather than buy any Chaos Space Marines, I just painted the Orcs in the same colour scheme, um, which is I really enjoyed. The Thousand Suns and blue and the Arrowman blue are lovely paints to use. And I just used the um, the paint app for the colours, essentially. And I experimented with a new version of the, um, or not a new version, um, a new recipe for the um, orc skin using the um, the deepkin colours. So using the, um, is it Ideneth flesh, the, the base one, yeah. and iron rack, whatever, for the uh, highlight, and um, but washing it with a um, green shade. So I did that. I've done the corn shades by a warband. So again, just because I wanted to, um, and I've been experimenting with some of the, the, the how to do the armor. So I've been learning how to dry brush, which has been good. So I've been, been using learning, the, learning how to dry brush. Yeah, well, I don't dry brush very often, so I've, um, I invested in a nice little makeup brush. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a very nice eyeshadow thing. And um, I bought some of the GW dry paints, so to do the brass. So the they are um, good. They are good paints. They are really, really good paints. Mm. Um, I I think they are. I've grown to love them, and I'm, I'm probably going to do more dry brushing going forward to speed up the process of doing things. Um, so for the corn, for the, the Blood Warriors, so I sprayed them silver, um, picked out the um, brass trim with a couple of the brass colours, I can't remember which ones off the top of my head, um, then dry-brushed it with Golden Griffin, then dry all over, then dry-brushed with silver all over, and that essentially did the, the all the brass. And then for the... the, the in inlay bits that normally colour red. I use a mixture of um, the gem paint, the technical gem paint, and Lamian medium. Yeah, still really and, interested, really uh, interested in that technique. Yeah, it's it's quite. It reminds me of um, when you see how Forge will do, um, like the Thousand Suns and um, the Alpha Legion, a kind of underlying metallic colour, but it's quite shiny. But it's like, you know, it's tinted over the top. I think they do it with airbrushes and the um, Tamiya Clear range. If I, if I, I might be wrong there. Um, but yes, yeah, it works really well. It's just different. Um, but I think it's, I'm going to, I've got plans to try that similar technique out with some of the Stormcasts. So I've got three Stormcasts to do okay. the Shades by ones. Um, but I think it's possible, I'm going to, spray them silver, dry brush them and um, shade them with a 50-50 mix of the null oil gloss and normal, like the um, kind of the, the heavy metal chaps who does it on Space Marines, um, dry brush it over the top and then either do blue or try to make it like a turquoise colour. Yeah, you don't really um, have to share those. And I think we need to get some photos of 
these models up on the website for people to have a look at these techniques you're talking about because they are pretty awesome yeah it works i like it um i think it's for the amount of time it takes yeah, it's it quite as well. yeah it's quite unique um because it, i don't think it'd be able to, it's easily replicated um because it's still got the underlying metallicness so it's quite shiny um but it's like a nice quite it's quite almost like um it's not as bright as I thought it was going to be, but it's more kind of you know, like dried blood. It's got that ready tinge. Yeah. So it's got that kind of feel to it, which is good. So I've been doing that. I'm, now I'm currently working on Shades by a Skaven. Um, you may notice a theme developing here, but <laughs> so your, it's all. Your background is quite Skaven y, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. I do like Skaven. It's been, um, I really enjoy them. So I've done. I've been exposed to quite Skaven like behaviour before. So, yes, yeah, so I've been um, working on Shades by a Skaven as well. So I've got four of those little fuckers done. Um, which how, many, has how many little fuckers are there? Five. So I've got the, um, the main dude, um, the one who's jumping over the archway, still to do. Right. Um, so I've got him left and that. Another band will be finished. I'm hoping to get the. I've got the Fire Slayers and the um, Vanguard Stormcast left to do of the season one of Shades by Air. And I'm hoping to get those done by the new year. And then I'll be. I'll have eight Shades by Air war bands painted. Um, not that I'm going to play the game much, but. I was, was going to say, and how many games have you played? Um, Rob and I tried to play tried to play one game, and then we gave up because we didn't really understand how to do it. <laughs> so so we just stopped. <laughs> Have you done that with sex so, yeah. before? You've been like, eh, trying to give gay sex a go, and then you kind of thought, we don't know how this works. It's not bother. You just stood there in your pants, staring at each other. Uh, occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so is that your plan going forward? That you're going to do all of the the war bands? Um, I not. I'm going to finish all of season one. Um, I'm not that fast on the new stuff. No. Um, so I'm, no, it doesn't really. They haven't, the ones they've shown so far um, hasn't really appealed to me because the don't know why. Just doesn't feel as dynamic. I suppose they're all quite the pauses. Some of them are quite static okay. or disjointed. Um, so I'm going to. I think I'm going to stop once I finish the initial eight. And move on to something else. Right. But what um, I'm currently what's planning for 2019, and I'm planning I'm going to paint a box set, um, like a standalone game. But I haven't decided which one because I've got loads to choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might. So that's because I got four or five that are like you know um, on sprue which I've picked up over the years and, and haven't really done anything with. So I'm going to make an attempt to paint one of those or alternatively buy a new box game and paint that <laughs> instead. So what you talk about, yeah. you've got like Space Hulk, Warner Quest, uh, Titanicus. Yeah. So, so I've got Space Hulk, um, Dreadfleet, Death Watch Overkill, uh, Kill Team, Blood Bowl, uh, something else as well. Yeah, Adeptus Titanicus. Um, and I might pick up Black Sun Fortress. Something else as well for 250 yeah, fucking quid box set. No, it's not that much. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm planning on picking up uh, Black Sun Fortress, I think, 
and I might get Rogue Trader as well, um, just to you know. Sure. Because complete, uh, complete the collection of games you've not got painted. Or not played. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's money well spent. Yeah. Uh, um, money well invested, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, but what the paint in the Skaven um, has made me want to go back to the Clan Scryer stuff. So um, I might give that a go in the new year as well as a kind of slow burn hobby project because it's quite time consuming um, and a lot of sculpting. So I'm hoping to do some of that as well. And um, I might buy some. I've never used it, but I think I might get some instead of green stuff. Have you used brown stuff? One of the other epoxy resins, patties, I should say. Um, because that's because it's um, apparently I haven't used it yet, but it's better for the sharp edges of armor panels. Okay. Um, yeah. It does. It doesn't get as um, what's the right word? Um, it doesn't shrink as much, or it's more firmer. So you can you can, but some of the a lot of the sculpting I've been doing on the, the Skaven needs that because of these kind of armor panels over. Uh, I'm, holding, I'm holding. I'm holding my tongue here because I'm going to go and jump in and correct you, but I'll uh, wait. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's on my. I'm correct away, Rob. I've never used it, so please. No, no, like I mean, I'd, rec- I'd, I'd recommend. Um, Come on, the shit on his parade. No, 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 no. It's not shitting on it. It's um, you want to use uh, grey stuff because it goes green oh, yeah. stuff, brown stuff, grey stuff. Grey stuff. Um, you can you can machine it. Um, pretty much like you would. It's quite. Um, it goes up in. I don't know what the right terminology is, but it's, it's almost like sandpaper grit. Do you know what I mean? Like green stuff is quite low on the scale, whereas and it goes up brown stuff. Brown stuff thinks more. Like I think Boss said years ago, it's, it's a lot of plumbers use it because um, it's uh, the adherence is quite strong. It's strong on it, but uh, grey stuff. And I've, I think I've still got some here. But you can, um, that's the stuff that you, you need use for armor panels and you can cut it to a fine, you know, you could, you could sculpt a, you could sculpt a sword blade out of it. Do you know what I mean? For, uh, and, and sand it and file it. I actually used it on the, um, I don't know if you've so you seen my Demon Prince of Nurgle conversion. And I did the, um, it's got this one that was made out of the 40k one, but with some like play drone wins. I never got around to painting it or finished sculpting it, surprise wise. Um, but I, I scratch built a massive scythe for him to have. Um, and the oh, blade, right. although it's got a plastic hard, what's the word, um, sort of frame or a thing like to it. Armature. Yeah, armature, yeah. It, um, the, the rest of it is grey stuff. And you can, you know, you can really like, uh, like sculpt those like the notches and stuff that you get in rusted blades which you probably wouldn't you could make a like green stuff's great for like boils and scales and all that kind of stuff but when you want to get up to like you know a crack in an armor plate um the the gray stuff is is going to be what you need so yeah i'll uh i'll, I'll lend you some uh, um man feast yeah. have a play if you want yeah that sounds good but yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what I've been up to, um, pretty much jumping around, doing all sorts of weird stuff, and then planning on how I'm going to spend money. It's good. 
nice. So, um, yeah, like you say, just a bit of a hobby butterfly. Daughters are still very unfinished by the sounds of it. Yeah, but there's no... I don't feel like any pressure to actually complete them anytime soon. No. I'm just going to I'm just going to potter along through them. Um, once I get the witch elves finished, I, I'm hoping it'll speed up a little. But yeah, if it doesn't, it doesn't. It'll get done eventually. But any, um, any goals for the end of the year? As we're in November, anything you want to get done before we? Uh, um, I'd like to get the. I'd, Try to get the witch, the unit of thirty witch elves finished. Try to get the shade spy stuff finished, and I might try to finish off the. Oh, the other thing I've done. I've done some of the um, starter set ghosts from the Age of Sigma two box set. So, no. um, or ninth so, as everyone else calls them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, starter set ghosts. I don't. I don't. Follow society's rule, Matthew. <laughs> the starter set goes in my he- in my world. Um, so I've done the the horsey dudes and the um, scythe dudes. Sweet. Um, isn't there, isn't so there only got... one horsey dude? Uh, no, there's, there's four or five, isn't there? Oh, the... so you mean the horse face guys? Yeah, yeah, him, them. So I've got I've got three characters to do, cool. um, and then I'll have the starter set done. So I'm hoping to get those finished by the new year as well. Awesome. So, so yeah. quite, quite a fair bit. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. All right. All right then, Rob. Go on then. What have you been up to in your designated hobby periods? Uh, um, painting. Painting? So uh, made... Um, uh, one second. I'm just going to put the brush down because I'm painting as we speak. Um, it turns out men, mon- men can't multitask. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no... I've, um, yeah, just uh, I've tweeted, uh, I've sort of back on sort of showing a bit of work in progress on Twitter. I'm sure some people have seen, but um, started uh, finished the gold on Bellicor's sort of upper armor. Um, I think that's pretty much all the gold, apart from a little few sort of trinkets here and there. That's pretty much the bulk of the gold done. Um, and sort of, if anyone been following the progress, then. It's kind of like the metallics were the, probably the most time-consuming of the elements on the model, simply uh, after the wing membranes and stuff, simply because of the amount of it, but the, the sort of the style that I was going for. Um, and and the, not so much that, but using the, the gloss, the gloss washes as glazes, um, you, find you, you find you sat around a lot waiting for stuff to dry yeah. more than anything else and um you know getting making sure that the glaze is dry in the direction you want you're kind of having to think right okay well you know the model needs to be sort of rested at a certain angle for them to dry a certain way otherwise they'll pull back in the opposite direction and doing that and then doing another little bit and then the, obviously with the amount of glazes that it's had it, it you know has been taking its time so um you know, it's it's probably probably not the most you know it's, it's not the most techy part of the 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 work, but certainly the most time consuming. Um, so got all, got all that done and out of the way. And the, the biggest thing that I was sort of almost you know when you when you're, you're painting a model uh, or you're doing a project and you know, on a particular model, there's always one element that you kind of dread tackling. 
Um, and you sort of almost do as much as you can to kind of procrastinate from tackling that certain aspect of them. I don't know if you guys have ever had that with a particular model, whether it be, yeah. you know, a cloak or, you know, something that, you know, is going to be a bit tricky. And it was the, um, it was replicating the metallic style that I did, but on the, or for the want of a better word, like his collar, like the metallic, like the golden collar behind his armour. Um, if, if, if our listeners slash fans are familiar with the model, then they'll know it's the bit that I used from the War Altar of Chaos. Um, and replicating the, because it's the way it's sculpted, there's like eight, like, there's eight directions yeah. on the on any given point of the model where the blend will go. So, like, uh, they're like a diamond, and then it's two sides to that diamond, and you're making sure because it's not literally the, flat, the, is it? It's it's no. it it's flat, and then if you imagine you've got an angle down for the next bit. So, I, oh yeah, yeah, I, I get what you mean. So, and, and and like so, having to work out where the blends would go and the highlights and, or, you know, once it's sort of blended, you know, you know, you can obviously just edge highlight and whatever, build the highlights so that's fine. But that was kind of, uh, you know, a big part of the model that, you know, even when I was putting it together, you know, when I was sculpting it initially or, or converting it initially, yeah, yeah, I thought, oh, I'm not looking forward to painting that part. Um, and I, I tackled it and I think it, I think it's come out okay. I think I've like, got some nice feedback from you boys on the, on the gold i think it looks okay i think it'll even i think um again certain pictures don't do it justice simply because of the gloss washes that are on there kind of bounce the light off it a little bit um but i think once it's matted down um that'll complete the effect i think and hopefully it will come you know even if it comes 50 percent closer how the box hierarchy on gold looks which is obviously what the recipe is based on um then i'll be happy but uh, yeah, I don't know what you boys think of the the final effect, but I think it looks okay. I just, again, it's just hard to show decent. You know, obviously, Ian, you've seen it in person now um, yeah. since the gold's been finished. What, what do you think? I mean, I'm not obviously looking for you to suck my cock because that other will be a couple of weekends time when we go to Man Feast. But what do you actually think of it looking at it first hand? I thought it was really good. The photos don't really they reflect the light in strange ways Yeah. when you're taking the photo and it makes it look overly shiny in parts where it's not yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, really good. And there's just okay. looking forward well, to see it, see how it's all comes together now. Yeah. And I think a um, big shout out to, to Byron. Um, he, I was getting, uh, obviously mentioned on the last podcast or perhaps one before last getting a bit of a, uh, hints and tips from him about you know doing the the sort of the the blending on on some of the elements and it's hard to blend metallics as it is because of the way that the um uh what are they called like the pigment and the metallic flakes in the paint the way it reflects light it's quite hard to with a matte color it's easy to blend because you see the transitions and it absorbs the light Whereas with um, trying to highlight metallics and blend metallics um, and getting like a, if you imagine you see on like non-metallic metal where you see someone paint like a cylinder, whether it be, you know, a, a piece of leg arm or wrist arm or something, and they sort of blend to the, to the fine sort of line, as it were, 
it's quite hard to do that with metallics because you it's quite hard to tell where the blending is because of the way metallics work um so having you know when you take a photo of certain points where it is blended it just looks like the light it just looks like it's painted flat and the light's doing the highlights but actually mm. it's not because the you know that's that's how the highlights look does that make sense it looks it sounds like a really weird thing to say but it's like you, you photograph something and the light you're almost putting the highlights where the light is yeah so when you look at a picture the light is covering up the highlights because that's where the light is bouncing but when you move it away from the light it's like the highlight is it's it's quite a weird effect because the like it tricks your brain like you, you're like right okay that's what that looks like under a light so that's that's where all the the highlights are and where the hot spots are to want one of a better word so that's where i'm going to paint so when you're looking at it and that light you're painting where the light is so you can't see where you're painting almost because that's where the light is i don't know if that makes sense or that's a really weird thing to say but then when you move it away no, then from the light the highlights stay in the same place yeah and it's like your, your, your brain's thinking well why is that and if you take well, the photo, so a lot of the time when yeah. you're painting, you're you're setting it up so your light's coming from above. Because even if you sat in a room, um, so even if you sat in a room, obviously you've normally got a bulb above you, your light's coming down, or you've got a lamp and your light's coming down. So you'll naturally always paint that way. So you look at your highlights, it's top bottom. But actually, when you think about it, a lot of time when you go to photograph a model, you you would actually have your light at the front. So like you said, with a matte model, it doesn't overly matter because you've already placed your highlights. But then when you've got a reflective surface, it's almost like you double up on the highlights because you've got the highlights that you've painted and then you've got the highlights that are being added by the light pointing at the model in the wrong direction. So yeah, it does look weird. Does look weird yeah. And that's why I want to see it finished in the flesh. Yeah, I think, I, you know, and, and, looking at, and that's why I've, I've tried every time that I've sort of working on a highlight, I mean, I've got it in hand now and I'm looking at sort of at arm's length under just the standard garage light that's sort of stripped light away from the painting light and you kind of you have to almost do that every you know once when you're working with it and like uh you know sort of almost check you know is that popping is is, is, is those are those uh highlights in the right place and you know I think I think that the biggest thing <laughs> going on to painting the the black armor. Like I thought I'd done a really good job. Right? This is like one thing that wound me up. It's like oh yeah, I paint the, I paint the black armor panels, and like talking to you, Matt, and talking to Ian. One thing that I learned from my other army is is having it pop right. So uh, the one bit of advice that I think I, I can't remember which which of you bros it was, but it's like highlight until it looks like you've highlighted it and then go one step further just always push it that one do you know what I mean if, if you think well okay well I've highlighted I don't know a, a certain colour up to say Dawnstone grey and you think oh that you know that, that looks good that's, that's a stark enough highlight always add you know go one, one step further up the scale so go to you know Ministratum grey or even add a bit of white in there you know um, and so I, I, I highlighted the, the black shoulder panels and thought oh, yeah, I've done, done a half decent job on there and then the Blackstone Fortress picks come out of the Chaos Space Marines in black armour you're like my black looks shit compared to that <laughs> so back to the drawing board and I re-highlighted it and I, apologies for those that follow me on Twitter that sort of I think it was Sunday or Saturday uh, I must have put up you know these are the black arm panels finished now 
oh wait no an hour later actually no these are them finished oh no an hour later these are them actually finished now because what happened I, I went back to them after seeing those, that those chaos space screens because they, they those paint jobs are amazing um and i, I re-highlighted did the re we did the line highlights and again un, under a a daylight bulb you sort of look at it and think you know christ that's you know it looks like someone's written on a chalkboard with with white chalk that looks silly you know what i mean that's almost too much but then you move it away and it's like actually no that's that almost doesn't pop enough and then what happened yeah. was once i once i painted those i thought i've got it stark enough darren latham then puts on twitter he's he's working on some old school uh all three elder like with the black armor have you seen those pictures, yeah. Matt? Yeah. You've seen them, yeah. They, I've seen they're them. Yeah. I know the models. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, obviously it's a Darren Leith and paint job. They look amazing. It's like, for God's sake, my black looks shit again. <laughs> so we uh, went, back and, went back and redid them, redid the, the, the highlights, and obviously got a bit of feedback from me when I, when I was doing them just to sort of see where, what he thought of them. And actually, they turned out to the point where, like, I've gotten into a nasty habit. For, it's a nasty habit for myself. Uh, you know, I'll take pics and, and sort of look at it and, and analyse it and stuff, but I'll, like, proper zoom in on, like, the highlights and I'll get my... I'll sync the photos to my iPad and blur them up even further. So, I don't know, a section of model that's perhaps three millimetres wide I'll see on a 12-inch screen. It's getting to that really sort of fine detail of do these look precise enough. And just the amount of back and forth that I've had to do to get them to the point that I'm happy with has been has been a bit of a chore. But I think I definitely think they're at a point now where I can actually step away from that section of it. And I think once um, I think the other thing with highlights as well, and this is a bit of a top tip, listeners slash fans, is um, listener fans, listener fans, fansters, lands, lin, listener land, anyway. Um, is it to perhaps look at, uh, I, I think I, I can't remember, again, I'm, I'm not uh, giving good credit on these tips that I've, I've sort of gained in the past, but um, go back to certain highlights when a model's almost finished to see how it scales with other elements that you've painted. So, you know, it's um, it's quite hard to tell how a certain element of the figure pops if the rest of the figure isn't done. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. So um, Never you know, done it, but it makes the, sense. Yeah, so with, with the black arm, I think, it, you know, it perhaps looks a bit too much. Like I perhaps pushed it a little bit too far. I don't think I have, but I think you perhaps made the case that I have. But I think once the rest of the the figure is built, you know, once all the sub-assemblies are together, once it's sort of, you know, because I'm looking at it as as his as that bit that obviously you've seen photos of, but there's the head to go on there, there's his sword, there's the orb, there's him then putting them on the base. You know, that armour has to pop through all of that as well. Whereas at the moment, there's just that sort of almost one layer of the model insofar as the actual physical model itself. Um, once all the other elements are all added together, if the armour wasn't done to that sort of extreme then would it stand out amongst those other elements, if that makes sense? I don't, I yeah. don't think it needs to have the same level. It's, those panels aren't going to be the focus. They're never going to be the true focal point, are they? Because the orb's there, his face is there. So I wouldn't worry about how much it pops. They've done really well, 
mm. but they're not going to draw the eye. I dis- so they're they not. They, I don't think they will. I think um, it's more about framing, like certain focal exactly. points. So the, the, the way yeah. that it, the way that they, the way that section of the armor is basically a, you know, frames the head. head. You know, it's going to yeah. draw in the eye, and and having, you know, there's going to there's certain elements on the, the the head that I think I've done quite, you know, with the glowing eyes and the the metallics on the crown, for want of a better word, the spikes coming out of his head. Um, I think you know because that's where some people are going to look. To have the surrounding areas done to a level where, you know, if, yeah. they're, if they're sort of eye wanders slightly, if those elements weren't done that well, then it kind of is sort of, you know, it's it's looking at a picture of a of a, a really nice Ferrari in a garage, but the garage is full of shit. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> fucking covered in grease and that. Do you know what I mean? Like you, do, you it's yeah. it's what you know. You've got to have a nice frame, haven't you? You know. I mean, one thing I will say is talking about black in particular is um, I think where you've got a large area of blacks so of painting, black armor, etc. It's about it is about that contrast. Black looks black when you've got a very light highlight around it. A lot of the times where the black fails is that you kind of you almost do like the old school, like this is a mid this is a mid tone gray, this is another gray, and then I've got like a gray highlight. It makes it look grey, but where have you got that sharp contrast between like a black, very dark colour, and then a light highlight? That's when it, you go, oh, that's black. It's, it's um, yeah, I think, it, it, and and learn a bit from, obviously with the wings as well. You know, it's almost like um, you mentioned it a couple of episodes ago. It's that it's almost like a, a xenomorph kind of technique. Yeah. Where you've got like you know if, if you're painting, I'm sure you know uh, Ian, you know, and with the with like the if you want to sort of that patently leather look on the the boots of the of the witch elves and stuff, you know, having that stark, like you said, having that, it just. I, I was looking. Um, I've been in. I've been getting into Pinterest, and there was a, a quite a, quite a good thing. It's quite a bit of a. It's quite a good tip, listeners. Um, is uh, a lot of like computer game artists. Um, so how they render color on basically, you know, doing textures and stuff for computer games. Obviously, it's something that needs to be uh, have that impression of 3D. But so the way colors are rend- well, the way uh, people render color on whether it's CG or computer games or whatever. There's um, there's quite a few uh, good examples of like you said, if you if you go with a certain type of Black, you know, you paint it black, and then you've got, you know, if your highlights of grey are too thick, then it actually it doesn't matter that the rest of the model's black, it'll make it look grey because of the way it works with the black. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that stark, you know, the, there is a couple of edge highlights on there, um, like they, they sort of do with the heavy metal thing. There's like a slightly thicker ashen grey edge highlight, and then I've gone straight. Well, there's parts that have gone to Dawnstone and then straight up to Administratum Grey on, on the points and sort of like the, the sort of the, again, the, the sort of pinprick kind of areas. Um, and I think it works, but just, yeah, it's, it's fucking, it's tough. It's a tough colour to paint. It's not actually a technical colour, but it's a tough shade to paint, isn't it? I, I didn't, I kind of, I think one, I, I think it's one of those ones where now I know it's, it's one of the, those things where, 
no, you know how to do it. You know how to do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you, you can be quite, um, uh, what's the word, sort of, uh, uh, I'm struggling to think of the word, but you can be quite, you know, it's, it's just more of a, it's just, well, I know the technique, I know what works. I can just go ahead and do it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I could paint like a, a raven wing army now or sure. a black yeah. templar army. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and know that it would be nailed. There would be no trial and error. Um, and, you know, it was one thing, again, that I, you know, I was kind of, you know, perhaps led to some sort of procrastination was thinking, right, okay, well, I haven't, there's a lot of techniques on this model that I haven't done before and, and trying it out on a model that I've spent so much time converting, you know, you don't want it to be your trial model, but I think, um, you know, with a little bit of, you know, background research as it were, and, and looking into things and kind of getting an idea, you know, rather than necessarily physically doing it, it gives you a, a jump off point where you can go, okay, well, you know, let's let's try this. And, you know, if, if you're following the example of heavy metal painters, then you're not going to fall far short. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, it's, yeah. as, as I said before, I'm one of those people who paints by technique. So, yeah, yeah. good content. Um, anything else you've been working on? Has it been solid Bellacore progress? Yeah, well, I, I um, obviously made a bit of a start on the uh, display board um, and uh, yeah, thank you, shout out to uh, uh, Bishop, I almost called his, by his real name then, because <laughs> I found out what his real name was the other day. Yeah, um, as uh, did I. Yeah, yeah, so uh, shout out to Bish for his help in uh, just uh, going through a few bits and bobs, um, sort of how to approach it and where to get certain sort of, uh, you know, where to get the materials for it. And uh, Mitzi as well, um, man in the know. I'm sure you mind people hitting him up on Twitter if they ever have a question about that sort of stuff. But obviously those boys are versed in, in sourcing those kind of things. So, yeah, kind of... Uh, you know, I had a period of about a month or so where I kind of I have it every now and then where I just it's not I don't think it's necessarily burnout because you know I, I don't hobby enough necessarily to burn out I don't think but just, I just some you know every sort of one month and it happens every sort of maybe two or three years like I can, just can't go anywhere near the hobby I just it like it it just doesn't like I don't listen to podcasts I don't do you know I mean just something happens, just something where it switches off where I just lose all interest. Um and I don't know if that ever happened. You know, I know you know you hear about burnout and people wanting to sort of, you know, they've 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 painted a, an army and they've painted to a deadline and they, they can't pick up a brush because they're sick of the sight of it. I think it's a little bit different to that. I, I kind of just mentally switch off from it all and I had no interest in 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 sort of painting anything or anything like that. Um and doing the display board was something that kind of it was still it was still working towards the project's end goal, but not working on the project if that makes sense on the figure side of it and the miniature side of it. Um, and the good thing is, I you know I, I've I've had enough of these lapses as it were for to know that once they've passed, I usually get back in with with a bit of gusto. Do you know what I mean? So and, and that's where I'm at now. You know, I, I'm thinking about them I mean, how to paint skin whilst I'm at work. And generally, you know, I'm, I'm there on my lunch break looking at techniques or blogs on, you know, on, you know, this, that and the other. So, I'm, yeah, I'm really sort of full steam ahead with it now. I'm really sort of to the point where I want to get it finished because I want to, because I'm really big headed, but I, I want to get it finished now because I want to show it off. 
in its entirety. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm at that stage. I don't know if you ever get that point in a in a in a project where you're like, I really want to sort of get this done because I want to show it off and I want to be proud of it and I want it sort of I want it done. Do you know what I mean? But you're not rushing it. Yeah, you just entirely know what you mean. Proper yeah. in, in into it. So yeah, again, I, you know, again, not to sound big, but I, you know, I, I've had lots of lovely feedback and obviously I had the the, the sort of uh, updates I've put on Twitter recently have uh, been the first thing that I've put on there for a while. I've consciously not been putting a lot of work in progress because I didn't want the final thing to to be a bit more of a of a wow to people when they see it. So yeah, that's I think that's going to be it now for work in progress shots until until he's done. Cool. So uh, yeah, I'm, and, I, and I put I want to get it done by the end of the year. I mean, it sounds like a long time, but we're already this weekend is seven weeks to Christmas, um, yeah. and I'm already on. I'm, I'm already uh, four days to the bad because I'm spending four days of my hobby allowance at man feast in a week or so's time um so we don't talk about yeah. feast i'm actually going to mention man feast because you mentioned it twice now and just having okay. someone casually mention man feast is kind of might be slightly disheartening to the listeners basically i have reorganized my stack it's like a stag do reunion um it's two years on um and I had a stag do somewhere You're locally, but, but no, almost two years. Um, it's um, about an hour and a half away from where I live. And it's a, we rented out a castle, 16 guys in a castle for the weekend. It was ace um, and wanted to do it again. So it's kind of, yeah, that and it, it got termed Man Feast by, I think, Richard Ceresco. Uh, it got called Man Fest. Then it was Feast and Man Feast stuck. So that's what it is. That's what he's referencing. So 16 of us are just going to be in a castle for the weekend, drinking, gaming, uh, and playing Pro Evo 2002 on the PlayStation 2. What more do you want from a weekend? <laughs> yeah, so that's Man Feast anyway. Um, so less said about that, the better. That's separate to all this shit we talk about. So my hobby, while Ian's been painting the odd Shades by a model and doing the skin on five witch elves and Rob's been working on Bellacore, I painted a whole new army. Um, so I kept it secret and this was for Raw, Realms at War so I had a small little dedicated hobby group that we've got, we've got a bit of a WhatsApp going and I decided that for Realms at War 2018 Ethermancy I wanted to take my Cadgets and Goblins Um, now the army was in a condition whereby I had 10 um, Arknauts fully painted which won me uh, one of the little trophies uh face hammer earlier this year so that kind of encouraged me to finish the army as well so to paint up to follow that i had to do another unit of those uh an ironclad uh 10 thunderers uh an admiral uh a chemist i did an endrin master so uh six um sky wardens and then also for the event itself, you had uh, an Ether Mist, who was kind of like this character playing around with Ether, kind of making potions. Um, and then it also had an Ether Lab, which was like either their transport or, you know, some kind of area where they, they practiced what they were doing. So I had to do all that. And I gave myself, it felt like quite a long time. I've been working on the army for a couple of months, but I was literally painting until the very last minute. Um, so they're all in my... Uh, kind of goblin pirate theme and um, so they've all got their lovely striped striped trousers and uh, the alternate between red and blue striped pants um just for a bit of variety 
Um, things like the Sky Wardens are they're, they're converted to have rocket packs with wings. Uh, they've all got grot heads uh, from the 40k range where they've got goggles and little flight caps and converted all the weapons on that. The Ironclad itself uh, is a massive great balloon. Um, which have converted from a bottle, actually a papier-mâché, and people are asking about that. The Ironclad's not quite as well-finished as I'd like it to. Um, so, yeah, it was it was awesome to get all that painted. Uh, and it's painted to a good standard. It's not, most certainly not my highest, um, but it's all about getting it on the board um, and got that all sorted, ready for RAW. Unfortunately, no display board or any kind of fancy presentation or anything. Just didn't have the time. I focused on getting the army done. Uh, my other mist is my uh, war boss that's converted to represent uh, Blackhand um, from uh, the World of Warcraft um, uh, computer games, uh, Wall as a Draenor in particular. Um, and my other lab itself is a uh, kind of a straightforwardly done uh, battle wagon, so without the guns and things, and painted like wooden panels. Um, so yeah, it was super, super, super chuffed to get that all done. I don't know what you, what you guys thought of the, the finished yeah. product. I really liked it. Um, I really liked the potato. That was my favourite. And Ian, as, as per the podcast, um, he painted, he, he converted a potato. Well, scratch, basically not converted. You scratch made a potato version of my Mega Boss Blackhand, yeah. and um, so I painted that up as well. And that that was very popular. An interesting yeah. tidbit during the event: um, there are, were numerous ways to get your character turned into a potato, and it just it didn't happen. It didn't happen until I think game four on day two before I became a potato, and it only happened once. Does the only, actually no having no it only happened yeah. once I only got turned into a potato once but at least I had a little marker for it um, and yeah. he it's, will be on a base on something in the future yeah it's a lovely army are you going to carry on sort of doing more work on it now are you yeah, it's, to... to be fair, it's not far off done. Um, I don't want to spoil too much because it's going to be interesting chatting to Steve, but um, the plan is to take the army to um, South Coast um, next year. Oh, right. Um, now, the actual army itself, so Raw was 1,500 points, um, and there was no restriction because it was narrative. Um, there was no restriction on battle lines. So I do, as an absolute minimum, have to paint 10 more um, Cadgets and Privateers, is what I call them, which are 10 more Arcanauts, uh, which I do have. Um, they're at the converted stage. I need to do the green subbing. One thing I will say is I have noted there are a few of this kind of theme around. Um, obviously, I've been working on the army for a little while now. And what, what I've done with my guys is that each one is quite heavily converted. So there are... There are, every model in the army is based on a, Car uh, a Caradon model, um, but they're converted with the heads and everything, blah, 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 that you would expect. Um, as many of the Grot weapons I can get from the, the Grot box sets from 40k. But also I've taken off all the iconography. Um, I've sculpted on, on like extra armor plates to make them look a little bit more kind of haphazard. And they've also got a lot of like clock uh, extra like clock gubbins on like so they've got yeah. cogs and wheels and stuff just to i think kind of help with the theme so that's what i've gone with i didn't i didn't just want the models with kind of goblin you know grot head stuck you know on them which they do look fine like that anyway it's weird like honestly you do it and they just really suit the models straight away but i wanted to kind of push the concept a little further um, so as it stands, I'm very happy with the paint and standard of the army. Um, the ironclad needs a lot more work. Uh, I need a lot more work on the basing. I want to bring some of the other models up to, up to a, maybe a higher standard. Um, I'm going to convert the sky warders to sky warders to um, 
engine riggers because they're just better um and also they're quite metal the models so i need to kind of bring in another color there to break down the metal so kind of just tweaking with them a little bit um and kind of putting some extra extra kind of details in there but because the army is 1005 i paint those guys and i'm actually going to use black hand the mega bosses are prime so the idea is that you just literally just uh, smashes down into the battlefield almost like the hulk and that's it he just starts smashing stuff up with his hammer so that he's going to be a, he's going to be a prime uh, in the actual list nice obviously that will go hand in Sounds hand with, with a display board um which i'm going to make a little goblin the idea the plan is to like a goblin um port um and i, re- I want to get some mechanic uh, mechanical elements in there so I want, like little cranes like moving up and down just doing a, a routine thing and dropping stuff so i see what i get like toys wise to see what i can make um but i'll cover that yeah. more kind of on the next episode so that's been that has literally been my hobby uh recently um i brought some more um stormcast up to standard in my hammers of sigma scheme uh which are either sold or now all on ebay um and i had yesterday collected the last of my daughters of Cain army so i mentioned it earlier um i do now have a full daughter's army um with the goal of having this done for paul's narrative event in february um and just be an army going forward i want it to Things with Daughters is inherently a good book, so it's not really any necessarily any bad options in there. It's all pretty good, um, but I think there's a lot, quite a lot of variety for a newer book. Um, so I'm quite excited to get a lot of stuff painted up for that, and that'll be quite straightforward. I'm going to go for quite a pale skin. Probably going to default, may possibly to my Rakoth, uh, Rakoth kind of base coat skin. Um, I'm going to have very very vibrant green, not not fluorescent, but vibrant green snake bodies. Uh, black armor um, and red is kind of the accent color um, to kind of go with the whole, the whole yeah the whole idea is kind of have a a conan um false doom a stygian kind of look to the army um so yeah. i'm glad you've uh, finally revealed your kajikstan uh, fucking things so i keep swearing um <laughs> you're just drunk i can just <laughs> you imagine fucking, you're slouched you on the chair again fucking... Uh, fucking it's about fucking time <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's been quite because you, you know you've been working on them um, for quite some time now, mm. uh, and you know your first couple of test models that you did and and uh, fucking black hand or whatever his fucking name is. Um, uh, that is his name. Black I, I, I don't mean to swear. It's like like I'm trying to fucking undermine your efforts. <laughs> I'm not. They're, they're really cool. Um, but you know it's a really cool concept and I, I think it is a little bit of a shame it's taking you a little bit a while to reveal it because you know you were one of the first people I'd seen doing it but you know I guess it's everyone's hobby isn't it and you can't complain when you know other, other sort of themes get out there but um, no it's just really well executed and you know uh, just a few there's a, there's a few extra bits and bobs that I you know obviously I, I've shared one or, one or two little ideas with you as well but I think there's there's a couple of there's a couple of things that you could do to that would really, um, I've got an idea for you. Now you've mentioned it with your prime. I know that you're probably just going to end up rebasing him uh, onto, a, onto a suitable base, but I think there's not a suitable uh, base. You, oh, is he on the right size base now? Is he? Uh, oh, actually, no. What size base is a prime on? Uh, 10, it, 10 uh, centimeters, no? Oh, no, he's on it. I think no, it's, he's on yeah, the same as the Lord of Change. Yeah, yeah, it is a bigger base. You are right. Um, but so just you can, like, it'd be, it'd be cool to have, like, um, like to obviously represent the height of a Celestine Prime, having you know you're saying him sort of you know crashing down onto the battlefield, 
but almost like amidst the wreckage of a Caradron ship. Like he's like smashing down through it and the, the wreckage is hitting the ground and that's what's holding, you know, that's what's almost sort of bearing him aloft is yeah, this cool wreckage and he's almost surfing, to, you know, from, from the... Uh, uh, but yeah, no, some, there's some really cool elements on there and it's... Uh, I've, I've never... I've, I've, I, you know, with, with open open hands, I've, I've never really orcs in their various guises or destruction in their various guises, whether it's 40k or fantasy, it's never been something that I've quite uh, sort of um, blown the skirt up, as it were. But it, they're one of the ones that's kind of, you know, for sort of the stuff that I love to do, um, as far as kit bashing and conversions and stuff, they, you know, it's, a, it's something that, you know, if I were ever to get my teeth into i think i could have a lot of fun with so it's great to see you doing the same sort of thing with those as well and it's uh, it's nice to hear that uh, ian might almost might uh, start to revisit his his scryer as well because uh, you had some fantastic ideas from that and you know i see you boys pick up some uh, sculpting tools and and get cracking <laughs> Yeah, it is, dude. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, and, and I hope kind of, to be honest, I mean, one of the reasons why I pushed myself to finish the army, I loved the idea and really wanted to do it, um, was because of a lot of the feedback. It's been the most popular projects I've worked on. I've, loads of people have been really, like, it's it's been one of those things I've put out and people like, really encouraged me to keep going with it, to do more, to kind of push myself to do it. And it is tricky doing an army like this. I mean, it's like my Zinch, I love, you know, I love my Zinch army. I love working on it. Um, I love painting it. But the benefit with the Zinch army is that I've got these new models. I built them. I did the, the green stuffing or filled in the gaps, did like maybe some odd conversion, um, nothing major. And then I could paint them. Um, but where I found the difficulty and I was I was almost, I was putting myself doing doing the gadget sand because it wasn't a case of I just I couldn't just get the models out. I got the models out, then I had to convert them, uh, like do the do the necks and everything for the for the goblin heads to go on, do the weapon swaps, etc, etc, shave off all the insignias. So you got all that. Then I've got, right, now I need to go and add, now I need to sculpt the little armor plates on. Then I need to get my tweezers out and put all these little cog bits in place. Then I can undercoat them and then I can paint them. It was just adding these extra yeah. two stages to like doing an army. And it, and it did. It put me off because I was like, oh, God, it's not like I can just sit here and just crack on. I need to do yeah. this first. But once I had a deadline and I knew what I needed to do, it was a case of like, bush, get these guys done, let the green stuff dry, get the other ones out, right, start the conversion on those. And it just became like a production yeah. line. So it was fine. Um, and I think that's why I need to finish the full army that's soon. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Production line. Production line. <laughs> with, with, with the black armour. Bingo! I, I right, guys, take bingo. off the bingo sheet. Hey. Uh, and I get what you're saying 100%. I mean, it, it was it's yeah. similar to my Sylvanet slash Wood Elf stuff. Although, you know, some of the dryads were converted um, and obviously you've got the centrepieces and you've got the, you know, the, all of the Kernoth Hunters I think bar one are converted in some form or another. You know, the majority of the stuff, you know, especially with the Colonel Hunters um, and, you know, centrepieces aside, they were more of a, you know, repositioning or make, putting them in a more dynamic pose and being the, the, the nature of the models being sort of a more natural one. You know, you can get away with, um, you know, something, you know, sort of bending an arm here or bending a leg there or, or whatever, not that you know. I, I not that I take shortcuts in my conversions, Matthew. Um, but 
you know, with 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 the with the courage on overlords, it's it's what's you know it's it's what stopped me from ever doing. And close your ears, Aaron, if you're here, if you're listening to this, but it's what stopped me from doing an Exodite army for 40k because I know if I did an Exodite army of 40k, every single one of them would have to be converted. And it wouldn't, they wouldn't be easy conversions. Do you know what I mean? There'd be like five or six kits. You know, you're talking corset, corsair cloaks, Eldar guardian bodies. You know, some of the wood elf stuff and all the rest of it. And like you said, it's each. You know, every single model. You know, it, it, people say, oh, you know, every single model in my army is a conversion. Um, some of your, you know, some might be kit bashes. Some conversions might be easier to execute than others. But when you're taking on a, an entire theme. Like, you know, even with my Chaos Army, you know, it's not like my, yes, my, you know, Chiric Acolytes are probably, some of them will be reposed, some of them will have some, you know, nice bases that'll have a bit of scenery on them that'll, in, you know, hopefully look like they're interacting with the display board when it finally gets done, all that kind of stuff. But I'm not turning my Chiric Acolytes into fucking goblin Chiric Acolytes with different arms, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It, it, like it's all well and good, you know, putting, you know, something doing something like Bellacore. But when you're you're doing, like, if you're overhauling an entire range and every single aspect of your army has to fit into that theme, and like you said, you're, you're you know you're having to do so much before you get to, you know, a point where you're you know even base coating them. I can see that being a right old pain in the cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'd like to see what you would do with the special character, the whatever his name is, the guy with the top hat. Oh um, yeah. Do a, do a version of him. So oh somebody, my god, I have already got an idea, right? Um, if, it I, I, if it doesn't, if it doesn't involve weapons from the Flash Gits kits, sort of modified, you know, like we've got the different makeshift guns, and they've got the even like the the belt fed belt feeds and the the bits where the, you can see the shells being ejected from the ejection ports and the guns and stuff, you could make the coolest fucking dude out of all of that. Just, uh, yeah. I, I, do you know what? When's your birthday, Matt? Um, September. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I tell you what, what, what. How old are you? Uh, good question. I don't know. Don't know. You're not. You're not forty, are you yet? So no. I'll uh, I'll do it for your fortieth birthday. <laughs> that'll, give me, that'll give me plenty of time um, in Rob Rob hours fucking to get, I'll, I'll make it for you no I wouldn't because um, I wouldn't I wouldn't paint it I, I couldn't have it in my army no, no I didn't do it um, I'd quite like my idea for the special character because I was thinking about this for the um, when I was doing the potato before yeah. I knew you were using black hand um, would be like a Dr. Robotnik so like a little goblin yeah driving around in his, yes. in, like, like his, in his little buggy um, with a top hat on sure. and like brimming with guns and claws and yeah. um, I, to be honest I've not I've not planned to do him and it's only for the reason that I, I, I always tend to get a bit reluctant to do special it's just a personal thing I get reluctant to do special characters um, yeah. because they're a special character don't know if that makes don't know if that makes sense like, no it makes perfect sense for me yeah. they're like they're, a, like, yeah. they're an archetype um, but you know, I don't know. I, I've no dramatic plans to add to the army over time. Um, I've got a gun hauler and uh, another frigate, but the, the ships take so much work. 
I think, uh, do you know what? And uh, like, uh, funny enough, I was actually thinking about this um, on the drive stuck in traffic yesterday. And uh, before I spoke to him, he rang me yesterday. I uh, was thinking about it. It's nice to have um, quite an open-ended themed army like that. Yeah. Uh, where you can, in a year's time, like it's like with my, you know, with the, my mixed order fucking wood, whatever you want to call it, my wood army. It's forever now going to be called referred to as my wood army. Woodneth. Right? Well, my woodneth. It's it's the same principle as that. Like when we were talking, when I was talking about doing, perhaps doing a phoenix for it. Yeah. You know that can be like a standalone model that I can add to. You know, if if I wanted to, you know, take the game more competitively. You know, adding you know a phoenix to most order armies seems to make them better. Um, but but, but do, you generally do something like that. Increases your win percentage by an average of one game. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the oh, uh, but you know, having a project where it is like with, with the chaos stuff and with with what I've got in mind for that, that's very. It's kind of it's quite. I mean, obviously, you can always add to it. Yeah. I mean, no, no one's ever stopping you from doing that. But having like an ongoing theme, like Byron has with his, you know, with with his lovely uh, mixed order army that he's built. You know, he he's he sort of done. He's you know he started to add. Uh, Arkonauts to it, isn't he? And Skinks, and you know, he did the Dragon Lord for it, and all the rest of it. You know, at the, at the time, that was just a high elf army that he'd ported over from Eighth. Um, but you know, having you know, you could if you sort of saw a really cool model or got some sort of inspiration based off of something that you've seen, um, you know, there's nothing stopping you from going. Well, actually, you know, I'll add. You know, I'm not particularly okay with with the with the uh, carriage on overlords. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from adding an order. That's a great thing with allies, isn't it? Yeah. Like you said, with your prime, do you know what I mean? Or if you wanted to do a, you know, a stormcast kind of wizard or something to add to your arm, you know, to add to it. I'm sure with all the stuff that, I mean, perfect opportunity as well, Matt, with all the stuff that looks like it's coming out for the, the Moon Clan, you know, stuff with, you know, with the, with the fungoid cave shame and all that type of dudes. You know, there's, I'm sure there's going to be uh, other sort of opportunities to, you know, model stuff to fit that theme that you've still got, but use new models. So it still keeps it fresh. You can still go out and buy those new models. Yeah. Because you're port. Do you know what I mean? You're still, you're still in the zeitgeist of, of new stuff. You're not um, thinking, oh, well, I've, I don't know if you know, you're. Got all, use- I don't know if you know this, Sorry. but no, my army is the new goblin stuff. Oh right, is it? That, that's oh, awesome. the new army. I just, you know, just just let everyone know that's what's happening ahead of oh, the curve. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and that's you know, it's like with the, when the, you know, I was looking at uh, Deepkin stuff and thinking, oh, you know, could I do, you know, like like the um, the Eidolon, the Mathalan, you know, doing that cloak, you know, doing do re- recreating that cloak, but out of leaves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Using the yeah. The, 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 I, the tree kit and stuff. There's, there's loads of different things that you can use it, to add add to it. And it's very standout, and it looks great. And taking something like that and fitting it into a theme is very cool. I I, I, I totally yeah. agree. I think it's, I think it's awesome. And yeah, you are right. I mean, to be honest, I might even just use Blackhand as a. Um, I might just use him as a phoenix. You know, just float yeah, around nice. and shit up. <laughs> Why not? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it seems legit, right? Um, anyway, on that on that note of Phoenix Filth, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we're just going to cover some events um, that, that have happened. We really need to kind of do a bit of a, an event catch up. Um, yeah, so back in a minute.
and we are back. So we've actually got four events that I want to cover, because quite a lot. I mean, we're not going to go into too much detail, but first one I want to start off with is the last Curtain Games event, um, which was a doubles, which always tend to be a bit of a filth fest. So I rocked up with one of our local chaps, Wayne, um, and we had Zinch, that classic combination of Zinch and Iron Jaws. And uh, Yeah, legit. legit. I totally realised how shit Iron Jaws are, um, particularly... Um, when they don't have any additional like formation moves and they just don't go anywhere and quickly at all it was horrible um but really good really good time with some great opponents some great games um and on the painting side chris and aaron um they they joint won the painting for that so particular shout out to them because um they both took beast claw raiders um aaron had he's working on his own kind of little project so i don't want to spoil that too much because it's something that is quite close to his heart um but he's kind of come up with a bit of a narrative idea behind the army and called them beast plane raiders um and then we've got chris who painted up uh, a beast Claw in a very unusual color scheme uh, he also blanked out all the eyes on his ogre models and had like little alien antennas and the idea that they're kind of from a realm where there's a really bright sun so they don't really use eyes to see um and really unusual kind of colour choices, really striking. They just look really, really good. And he painted the army up in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, well done to those guys. It was, it was proper cool to see those armies. And there was a good couple of other armies up for nominations as well. Unfortunately, I didn't really get the names of the people, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, but it tends to be the way with doubles because you get team names. So, well yeah. done to those guys be nominated. I nominated in the field. I think we had four armies up. And, yeah, Chris, Chris and Aaron seemed to do really well on that. So that was awesome. Um and it was Paul and Paul uh, Buckler and Rich Buckler, the two brothers, um, with a much more uh, uh, streamlined, shall we say, list of Daughters of Cain and Deepkin uh, winning the event. Oh, fucking hell. That sounds <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> On the gaming side. Um, we, we called it all the way, I think, in the weeks running up to the event, every game of the event, and up until the minute that they got called out as winning, that they were going to pull it. So, well done to them. Taking strong lists. Paint, fully painted armies look, looked good as well so well done for those chaps for, for that so it was glory and death um, and the next curtain event could be 8th of December unfortunately I think it's pretty sold out so don't need to chat it out but great to see they're selling out so quickly um, unfortunately I can't attend because we've actually managed to book a trip to London on the same weekend so never mind That's, hotels have to take precedent for that um, so as we go on to the big events um, Face Hammer so Unfortunately, neither of you, despite me thinking Ian was going up until like the day before, um, it was just poor old little me of the pro-painted crew at Face Hammer, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. You two Aww. let me down. Well, you know. Yeah, I missed out on the ticket, so. Yeah, yeah. shame. So, um, still but it was, I really enjoyed myself at Face Hammer. It was really good. Yeah. Um, it was a soup. We, we did a super early start, half past five, um, stopped travelling up. Um, and I'd already done a half past five start that week for work, so I was knackered. Um, got up there, drank fruit octopuses straight away. You know, the journey was fine, no issues. Uh, Tom Hewitt was an absolute legend driving up, a really, really good drive. Um, and. I fell asleep on the phone to Jen at like 11 o'clock in the hotel room after going to buy some toothpaste because I'd forgotten and I just completely missed um, some right shenanigans going on in the venue in the evening. Uh, but the Face Hammer guys, you know, Russ, Terry, Byron, Les were all just so accommodating. It was such a great weekend. Just a proper tournament, but it was really chilled. Um, 
you know the, the gaming was competitive but the venues so i think it's just I, I love firestorm i love the location i think it's just a bit tatty around the edges nowadays element games is just it's just my favorite place to play um bar staff are great doing drinks deals and stuff uh fruity octopuses which is like mango cider and kraken that's just my favorite i actually get thirsty for them which is mental. Like, I don't drink, uh, but sometimes I'm just sat there going, oh, just, just do with a fruity octopus. Um, maybe just all the sugar in it. Um, yeah. But the, the Rinnan Rhino for the armies, so we had the nominations we had up. We had uh, Mitzi, uh, a chap called Joseph Urban, David Griffiths, Mark Wildman, uh, Mike Wilson, who's one of our guys with Slanesh, uh, Tom Files. Sorry if I mispronounced people's names on terrible names. Uh, Chris Mills. In, Chris Mills, I, I love spending time with Chris. I always never feel, I always feel like I don't actually spend enough time chatting to him because he's such a popular chap. Um, but I think he, he got his, got his corn, but he'd sold it to a guy down the road and he'd borrowed it back for the event. So it's quite weird to like, for him then to get a nomination as well because it's like, it's not actually my army anymore. So that's quite weird. Um, but totally legit because he painted the bloody thing. Um, but yeah, just weird to think he's gaming and getting noms with an army that he's sold to somebody else. Just, just Jimbo, just Jimbo down the road, you know, bit bizarre. Um, and uh, weirdly, I don't know why, I, I must have said Jimbo while looking at the name Jimbo because Jimbo was also nominated. <laughs> so that's one of the names. Um, so it came down to um, Aaron. So it's all judges' votes at Facehammer. And I'm really, um, I think I prefer judges' vote nowadays or a, a mix of the two. Uh, in kind of equal levels, but it was basically ended up Aaron in third, uh, me in second, which I was super chuffed with my zinch. So Aaron had his um, he had his death army, um, which was which is basically undead pirate themed. I mean, it's it won judges and players vote at Blackout earlier this year. It, it's an awesome army. Um, I think the only thing that can add to it going forward is just a just a straightforward display board just to frame it which is just done for blood and glory so it does exactly that it, and you don't think it should make much of a difference but just allows you to present it in a, in a manner that that's suitable 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 is a shit word it just presents it in in a good way it makes it look as good as it possibly can do um as it all super chuffed to come second and of course graham shirley with his fucking art i mean Oh, his display board, the, the the standard of painting across the entire army, just everything is just done. Uh, Rob mentioned it earlier, um, the idea of kind of not cutting corners. And I, I do. And I think a lot of people do as they progress with an army. They start cutting corners. But you just if he does, you cannot see it in his army. It's, it's literally a spectacle. It's what you expect when you go to GW to, to Warhammer World and you see these dioramas that have been worked on by the ever metal painters and stuff over the years or people have won open categories at, you know, the GW events. So good. Um, what do you guys think of his, his, his Slaves of Darkness army um, from the photos on Twitter? Obviously, you've not seen it in the flesh yet, but what were your thoughts? That's really good. Yeah, really, really good. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what else to say. It's, it's, I think it's probably, I'd probably prefer it to his Death Army from last year. I, I do, and I think um, that may be more of the fact that just that black colour scheme, it's almost like that Black Legion colour scheme, trans, you know, a classic um composition in fantasy and then going into aos it just works so well uh, someone who's who's mastered that black armor that we were talking about earlier with rob yeah i don't know if you totally 
have you had taken a, any look at um, some of uh, stuff at Graham's and working on Rob for a bit of inspiration on the Black Armour front? Mate, I haven't uh, been looking at his stuff. I've been fucking in his DMs, mate. Me and him have been back and forth. <laughs> okay, now. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, DM, mate, DM Graham. Do you know what, man? I was told a long time ago, if you if you want to succeed at something, you take people that you take advice from people that are successful. Do you know what I mean? And you adapt what they, you know, adapt it to your own, and, and you add it to your own arsenal, man. It's, I'm, I'm the I'm, I'm a I'm a humble guy. Do you know what I mean? I'll be the first person to 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 to, to seek advice from someone that's done well. I mean, I didn't realise that he'd uh, won as many golden or, or you know, uh, you know, not won outright, but. Had, uh, you know, sort of placed podiumed at so many Golden Demon Awards as well. Do you know what I mean? So there's a, you know, he's a very experienced guy, and and you know he, you know he were he was giving me some tips and hints on on the display board and and other bits and pieces and the black armor and things like that. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, I'm the first guy to, you know, as much as I, I you know, I've, I've joked about me wanting, you know, wanting, you know, that, that's why, that's why trying to take out with this army do you know what I mean and that's yeah, not I mean, to say that I feel like that's not to say that I feel like I'm able to but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pin it if I'm gonna pin someone on a dartboard I'm gonna pin someone who's won multiple golden demons that's won face hammer two years in a row do you know what I mean I'm you know that, that, that's that beaten my peers in, in you guys mm. do you know what I mean it's sort of like it, 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 it you know, like in its healthy competition, do you know what I mean? Like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a competitive guy. It's why, you know, it's why I haven't really gone down the competitive route as far as the game playing, because I, I do get a little bit obsessive when it comes to things like that. And I, you know, it doesn't, you know, as I've said before on the, on the podcast, I've been banned from, from, you know, family games at Christmas because they get too competitive, <laughs> you know, um, oh, brilliant. you know, I actually researched one time. Away. There's a way of winning Monopoly where... Oh, no, Monopoly, just, like, Monopoly can smack a dick. T- it's shit. It's like the worst right, but, board game. Well, there, there's certain ways of winning Monopoly that, you know, it's a it's a family favourite amongst some of the in-laws and Ugh. I fucking smash them all. Do you know what I mean? They'll bow, bow before me. But that's why, I, you know, my competitiveness, I, I channel it into my painting and my modelling now. Um, I think it's far more healthy... Uh, way to channel it, not to say that being competitive on the gaming side isn't, but you know, I played basketball for 25 years at quite a high level um, and you know, I obviously don't do that anymore, hence the uh, extra couple of pounds I got going on um, Was that just your dick? Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just unfurled it um, but, uh, I've got to channel that competitive energy into something and you know, Graham's armies. You know, both of them that I've seen are, are outstanding. Um, you know, the the, the beauty in the simple in, in the simplicity of just things like his display board. You know, you put a lot of work in progress up on Twitter. You know, he's made no bones about you know trying to hide. You know how he's gone about doing certain things. And he's he's a really nice guy, and he's more than welcome to to share sort of techniques and tips and hints. And you know, it's, it's why this podcast is going because you know we all want to sort of share those sort of things and we all want to get better and yeah. the more so, you know the, the more people that are competing at those things I think it's just as important to the you know we've said it before isn't it it's just as important as as people competing you know uh, uh, you know for the overall community it's just as important as people competing for podiums in gaming so um, you know having someone like Graham who you know is a very aspirational as far as 
his results and his, his pain, you know, and what he's achieved. It's, it's you know, it's all the better, and I, I, I really do. Yeah, like you said, that art, that that paint style as well, just to sort of you know, stop gushing so much over how good it is. But the 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 the, 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 the like you're very, you, it's that classic. You know, you've got the white. It's a contrast. It's the black armor. It's framed with gold, done really well. You've got the white snow bases. I mean, it's just compositionally, it's it's perfect, isn't it? Yeah. In as far as the te- you know, not only the technique, but his, you know, his forethought in in actually doing it. And I think that's why it's better. I, I personally, you know, as as a look, I think individual models. I think I prefer some of his individual models on his Death Army better. Um, than his individual models and his Chaos Army, but I think as a whole, the Chaos Army looks better. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think if you would take certain individual elements from, I think it, you know, there's certain things that he's done with his gels, Death Army. I think it gels a bit better. I think as a yeah. kind of an overall, um, an overall effect, it works really well. I mean, and Graham himself yeah. is is such a such an unassuming, just really. Pleasant, oh, he's a lovely guy. Really, yeah. Just really nice and really, you know, not full of himself at all, which you know he'd have every right to be. Um, and I've been trying to entice him down for the painting masters because it looks like because of his, some of his recent results, he's uh, he's going to be in there. So that that's awesome. Um, and also, what I wanted to give a shout out. I think we've wanked Graham off enough. His stuff's maybe, yeah. You know, if we can so. get him down to Cardiff in yeah. in January, yeah, that's the hope. Maybe I can get him. I can get him so smashed that he, he loses a few brain cells, and his next project just isn't as good. <laughs> he's got permanent brain damage. Have you just? Are you having to give Graham a stroke? Wow. <laughs> In more, so, what, what type of stroke? We're supposed to be enticing him down. We're not supposed to be threatening him with brain damage. <laughs> no, I mean, well, it depends on the type of stroke you mean. Well, let's um, we'll skip we'll we'll skip over this. We'll we'll gloss this. I don't. I might edit it. I'm not sure, but we'll go, we'll gloss over this one just in case something happens. Um, <laughs> but it was it was particularly good to see now Chris. So Chris Tomlin, uh, formerly of the Black Sun, um, he got judges. Um, you got the judges' vote for, I think they termed it coolest army, and I think this was a really good thing for coolest army because I think it's very easy to kind of look at a coolest army and go, right, is this almost like it's almost like a sometimes it feels a bit like a shit meeting where people have gone kind of gone right, right, guys, what we need to do is we need to think outside the box. And they've they've got they've got the the pens up and they just start drawing on a whiteboard all these out the box <laughs> thinking ideas, and it feels Venn sometimes diagrams. yeah, and it feels sometimes like that's where the coolest sits. It's not necessarily like the overall approach or the execution or the theme. It's hold on a sec. What what other things have they done outside of that that allow us to look at the coolest thing? And I think that's valid. Going above and beyond and doing extra crazy stuff, but sometimes. It, it is a little bit like a checkbox exercise. It's like, right, so you want a costume, uh, you need your army list presented in a nice way, um, a little bit of fluff or something like a book and a display board, and there's nothing wrong with those things at all, and I think they're all great ideas. Podcast the... celebrity. What? <laughs> there's one of the tick boxes. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah. there's another one. But they're all great things, but they are things that I think people default to when they... You know that doesn't necessarily make the coolest army. So to see someone like Chris win 
the judges stroke call list is really is for me is really positive because it's a very cool army it's just phoenix guard and phoenixes it's got a very limited palette of models the phoenixes all in one way shape or form are converted um he's got the he's got the character from the stormcast comrade where his name's top of my head again converted um he's got a he's got a meteor aventus um, star strike aventus star strike well uh, that's that's impressive rob i love that um and you know it's all themed in that he's got a great display board which is it's not like massive it's nice and straightforward but it perfectly frames the army and when you look at it, your initial reaction is, yeah, that's really cool. And that's what you want. Coolest. It really works. You know, as a set piece, it, it, it almost feels like someone's got a pizza slicer and kind of cut out like a triangle of the AOS world and like taking it out and then just put it in a void just by itself. And it, it just works really well. So for me, it was great to see Chris win that. And I think sometimes, I don't know if you guys think this, but maybe the listeners think the same as well. But like judges sometimes feels like if there's if there's only one painting award, it's like second place, like default. Or if there's three, it's like fourth place default. And I think moving away from that mindset of actually just, you know, going with what you think is your, your favorite, what you think works the best is, is a step forward. I don't know if you guys feel like that. I feel that's been the case in the past. Um, I don't necessarily think it feels like that in the past but i think it should be the coolest doesn't necessarily mean it's in the best painted does that make no. sense yeah no 100 percent um, agree because it's like an it's a almost like an initial gut instinct yeah of why you like something but you're not really sure why you just yeah. like it and it kind of it stands out because we all like fans of the hobby we just think it's cool for whatever reason whether like Chris is where it's a a, a rarely seen sub faction done well mm. or it's um, all the other add-on bits that you mentioned with a overarching theme done well but it doesn't the paintings almost secondary to the imagination yeah or the yeah like I, I've got some thoughts on the matter um here we go. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll give you a perfect, I'll give, like a perfect example, right? Like, well, it's not a perfect example. I'll, I'll, I'll start at the beginning. Um, I think it's probably it, as a metric back in 1982. No, fucking hell, 1982. Right, as a metric, I think it stands. It, it, it's less of a. It probably feels less of a consolation prize if the if the if the rest of the field is player voted, um, so uh, like blackout or uh, some of the other events that Chris has run, where you've got the player vote of the three armies and then you've got judges' choice, then you've kind of got the popular vote and then you've got the judges' vote. Then I think that's separate. That that's almost that puts it in a different category to having judges top three and then coolest. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think they're, I think the, the the two armies that you'd pick either side are different because a player voted um, one, two, three, like a blackout, and then you've got judges' choice, then it's, it's a subjective opinion of one person. Um, whereas if you're 
doing judges choice one, two, three, and then you've got call list alongside that, um, like at face hammer, like at um, South Coast, then it's a different set of, it's a different criteria. Um, yeah, I think for for that result, and I think having, and it it means like, to me, like um, sort of, sort of choose my words carefully as not to offend, but there 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 were certain armies at perhaps blackout that didn't even podium, and, and you know this 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 potential you know it's my you know it's my bag because I'm I, I the guy who who. Uh, we did the nominations. There's there's potentially some armies at blackout that were cooler than you know that can be considered cooler that didn't get nominated. Do you know what I mean because like you said, cooler doesn't have to be no no you no know, best best painted. Like yeah. I think um, I think I, I like I, the Finn Binks's Fimir army yeah is cool because it's a Fimir army. Do yeah. you know what I mean? No, I like, agree. Uh, like it's a like uh, Ian said, it's a less represented thing, and it's cool to see a Fimir army. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think, I, I just wish we'd just do away with best painted. I think it's just stop using it. I mean, it was the same with Raw; they called it best painted. Please stop using that terminology. It doesn't mean anything. Just call it best army, best painted. What you, what you do when you use the terminology best painted is you, you open yourself to criticism. You you open people to going, hold on, you're saying this is better painted than when it really isn't. And that that happens. I do it when when it's terms best painted. I think, can we just please put that in a little box and get rid of it? Just call it best army. Especially in AOS nowadays, there's so many factors to look at. And I'm not even talking about going into the level of coolest. There's so many factors that makes a good army and what makes a best army. Would you, would you, keep, would you keep coolest? I think coolest is fine. I think, again, it's a general term of trying to... It's, it's a general tag that tries to explain a difficult concept. And I think most people I think, get yeah, it. I think, I think you should... I think if, if you're going to get rid of best painted and just best army... Then coolest needs to go into that as well. I think if you're gonna, you either do best painted and coolest, no, or you disagree. do, or you, or you do, you can't best overall. You, you best best painted. You just can't ever quantify. It's not. It's unquantifiable, and it allows people to try and quantify it and say. Yeah, but I've seen I've I, I've seen the way you dress, Matt, and coolest is quantifiable as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, it's like, like, well, you know, like what's cool. I mean, and I, I don't mean to be offensive. You know, what I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm clearly joking when I say that because you've got a large array of very humorous T-shirts, and they're very on on they're very uh, on trend. Um, I can hear you backtracking from here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, and you know, I won't labour the point. But my point is, you know, best painted. Th- there is a like coolest is more subjective than best painted. I, I best agree. painted, like you can you can see you can see someone like someone who's literally just started, you know, the hobby. But this is you the know, they've painted their first miniature. You hold that up against you know, yeah. an heavy metal painters, and you can tell where one is painted better than the other. That's, yes, but the colour choice problem. might be subjective. That's the problem with it. So, coolest is, it, it covers a wide, you know, it covers quite a few things. There's quite a few factors that is coolest. Best painted, you're literally saying, this army 
we're just going to judge it on how it's painted, which is a lot of technical terminology. If somebody has painted an army to the best of their standards using dry brushing, how do you decide that's better painted than an army that's been painted to the best standard in wet blending? You can't. They're not. It, it's like trying to yeah, say. Because, it's, because it's, it's, it's like it's trying to say Guardians it's of the Galaxy. It's, but it's like trying to say Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is better than Aliens. That you know they're not the same movie. You can't compare them. That that's how I look at. Best painted is something that you can. But the problem is, overall, you can kind of you you can tell best painted tends to be there's a big divide between what isn't well painted and what's painted well. That exists. That's that is very easy for people to visually look at and they can pick up the points. However, you you nominate six to eight to ten armies in a painting field and you say, right, these are the best painted armies here. And you then have to decide between those armies what the best painted is. That's when it becomes so incredibly difficult. And yeah, I think I think that what that what I mean, and as having had recent experience in it, I think that. But, you know, any competition where, you know, things are being judged by an, by an individual or a panel of people, then you have to, there has to be that level of trust in the knowledge and experience and the expertise of the people that, or the person that is judging that to think, OK, well, for, you know, that, you know, you, you can't, you, you need to be, you know, right, up. You know, the, the, I was quite lucky in Blackout. You know, I, I nominated some people and I had hand from Chris in as far as narrowing down those nominations. You know, I fucking wouldn't want to judge it, though, because not because I can't tell what a, a good army looks like. I don't think I have high enough standing in the community for people to go, well, he's made the right decision. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I just, and and as, as much as, you you know, you can you can pander to, to me or whatever, right. Like, if I was judging a conversion competition, fair enough. But that's... Do you know what I mean? But if, inter- if, if but I was... Interesting you, you've got you to be able to trust conversion these, because... You've got to trust these... You've got to trust... Uh, let me finish. You've got to trust the no. people that are judging it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit this and make you sound like a dick. Yeah. Like Russ, you know, Russ, Terry, Byron... And Les, uh, you know, whoever it actually takes part, you know, actually, who actually makes the decisions, you know, Terry's won Golden Demons, Russ, uh, Les and Byron have all won, you know, multiple painting awards. You've got to trust their opinion. And, and it's like anything else. It's like like a tournament pack. If if you feel that and, and this is where, you know, if we want to if we want to elevate uh, people's sort of hobby aspirations to the point where they're. They're, they're being just as, mo- you know, we've got a section of the community where they are just as aspirational about podium at an event for their uh, hobby prowess as far as the painting and the modelling side of things as they are as they're gaming. Then we've got to approach these things in the same way and just in the same way that some someone might not go to a tournament because they feel that uh, the pack isn't right or, or whatever. Or, you know, there's a whole thing about, you know, soft scores being included in overall tournament standings, all that kind of discussion that's going on in the community at the moment. Having, um, you know, looking at it and thinking, well, OK, well, if it's player judged, then, you know, I, you know, I know I've obviously I've done better at player judged uh, uh, events than I have at judges judged events. Uh, or organiser judged events simply because you know my oh, wow look at that oh, it's a big forest dragon that's amazing um, 
Whereas, you know, like the painting patches, you know, I, I you know, I, and I'm, I'm not taking the piss out of people that are voting for my army. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, literally everyone's like, I'm not, fa- I'm not voting for him anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, but do you know what I mean? Like, and, but like, you, you've got to, if you think to yourself, okay, well, you know, you, you've almost, like, like to me, getting best painted at Face Hammer or getting best painted at um, uh, South Coast, you know, for me, that would be, that's going to be, you know, I, I say that's like it's going to happen, but, you know, if that were to happen, that would that would be a, a crowning jewel in, in, in what I would consider some of my confidence because you've got, you know, peers that are, you know, very accomplished um, that are judging your things to, to, to be good enough. Uh, you know, I, I certainly would, if I was someone else, I'd certainly hold uh, a trophy that I'd got from someone like that and it's going to sound horrible because, but I, and he's, I, I don't know if I'm out of order saying this, but if you're, you know, if you've got, like, if you win a competition where you've got Darren Latham, Jez Goodwin, fucking Aidan Daly, you know, like a, a, like a who's who of decent painters at the moment, you know, Graham Shirley's on that panel, fucking Terry Pike, whoever, right? Vince Venturella, then if I were to win a competition that's got those as judges, it would mean more to me than winning a, a competition where I'm the judge. Do you know what I mean? Because those well, yeah, people, course, course they, they've got more. So, so when you're talking about best army and painting, you've got a, like the painting. Yes. It's, yes, it's subjective. Yes. What does best painted mean? But you've got to almost put your faith in those people the thing is what to, to, they know what they're talking about yeah I mean, you the can't just is, get rid of it the the problem is with best painted is you're you're when you talk about being subjective is what I'm, what i was trying to say is, is subjective between use of techniques you can't i find it yeah. very difficult to quantify one over the other but the biggest issue i've best painted and why we see a lot it used to be that was just the terminology and i think it just needs just just put it in the bin because of a lot of points you've just hit on if you're looking at a best painted army you're not looking at the modeling aspect of the army whatsoever that's what you're saying when you're saying best painted doesn't matter if you've beautifully converted models doesn't matter if you've gone with a theme above and beyond everything else you've mentioned something like converting one of the the uh eidolons to, to have a leaf cloak all that if you're saying best painted that doesn't matter. That shouldn't even be recorded because it's it, actually all that matters is the paint that goes on the model. That's yeah, what you true. Need to be I mean, I, 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 that's I, why I, it needs I, to I go. Agree that, it's one yeah, factor. I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree. It needs to be best army, but that's it. You're the coolest. You I, get rid of best painted. Yeah, best I, army. I, 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 I agree, but I think there's still aspects with coolest where you get something that is that there aren't it's weird because it's only happened really i mean we've had a little bit in eighth but aos it's just the thing now where people come with these just amazing they're almost like they're almost what they shouldn't be called coolest they should be called best concept army that's actually what they should be the terminology concept army shouldn't be used for people that are painting in a very particular way it should be the idea that they haven't just got an army they've come with something they've come with something that's different something that's really pushed the boundaries something that's unexpected that people weren't expecting to see that's so unusual you can't compare it to um, uh, traditional armies if that makes sense yeah, but, it is. but then if, if, if someone's forte is you've got someone who 
is say you've got three types of people, right? <laughs> you've Ian got one Robson person. You got yeah. You've got Ian Robson match. You got you've got a guy that does fuck all conversions or you know like, uh, but will paint with a fucking GW starter brush under a, under a fucking half broken <laughs> fluorescent strip bulb in his house in Neath, but will churn out a really lovely painted army. No display board. No nothing else. No com- no no major conversions. A couple of head swaps here and there, but it's an amazing. Uh, you know, painted army. You've got one guy who'll paint an army to a half decent standard, but has spent two years fucking, you know, threading skulls and cutting out individual leaves to make reins for his forest dragon. And, you know, you, you've got that modern aspect. And then you've got this bastard that will turn up in a cultist uniform and, like, with his Cthulhu art, you know, he's there with his burning fucking incense by his thing. He's made all this extra effort. <laughs> And he's done a really, really awesome display board. You've almost got, you know, within the three of us, you've got sort of three examples there of different things. Yeah. Like, I don't think, you know, mine and Ian's efforts shouldn't be put into best army and then yours into coolest. If you're, if, if where, if where your strengths are is creating a big, you know, a theme around your army, um, you know, going that extra mile as far as, you know, wearing, you know, making an outfit or whatever, then, yeah, that's best army, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, why not just have it all in, you know, have it all in the same thing? And if if people think, oh, my painting's not good, isn't going to be good enough to beat the the Gilmores or the G's of the world, my but my converting, you know, will certainly you know stand me head and shoulders above them. Then that's what I'm going to go for. Or if that isn't my strong point, then I'm going to do an amazing display board and. I, you know, go down the Bishmaster or, or the Alliance route, you know? I, I think an element of it is kind of it having the two kind of, it allows people feel like they're working towards a specific goal. So, I, yeah. you know, I could imagine back in the day that someone like Steve Furt, who really, to be honest, has kind of pioneered, you know, what is coolest in, in AOS, you know, he could almost look at someone like Ian or Tomlin or Ben Johnson stuff back in the day, consistently winning painting awards. Going, how do I, how do I, comp- I can't go to an event and I'd like to win painting trophies, but it's so hard for me to compete against that. What can I, what can I do uh, that, that suits my kind of uh, take on what an army is? And I yeah. think being able to separate the two and go, oh, look, these guys are, you know, conceptually, uh, they come up with crazy ideas, which is just so impressive. Here's the awards for those guys. And here's the guys that come up with awesome armies that I say more in a more traditional sense. Here's the reward. for. Them. I think it's, it's kind of good to kind of have that, that kind of slight focus and kind of have a little almost like a little club that kind of maybe says, oh, we look at this slightly differently. And I think you get that with like the, the narrative and the match play side of things. And I think it's nice to have that juxtaposition. Um, I just think it's, I'm, I'm happy with more general terms than specific, like best painted. I just, I've, I've said it enough. I just wish it would go away. I think, you know, it's fine if you're, if you're all painting the same model, then yeah, cool. Go and go and do best painted, whatever. Anyway, we spent enough time talking about that. That's my thoughts. If you just, I want to know what people think. Drop us a message on on Twitter. Drop us some emails. Really interested to see what people think about about that. But that that's my take on it. And I think you've made some, you've given me some food for thought as well, Rob, talking about the idea of just lumping it all in together and kind of. I think that's quite a big change for a lot of people. I think. Um, also, I think just just quickly. I mean, just go. You know, again, it, perhaps you know, having things like raw and you know, it's it's the event that you perhaps go to as well. You know, is you know, you know, having you know, best painted at one thing isn't necessarily going to mean 
the same as best painted at another, you know? Yeah, but, but it's but it's yeah, but it's also like saying, you know, oh, you only you you only won that event because your matchups are really good. You know, it's you, you, all you can do is turn up with what you've got and win it. You know, it doesn't. Someone winning true, yeah. first place best painted at Face Hammer shouldn't be any different to somebody winning first place best painted at South Coast or saying, oh, actually, South Coast one year there was three hundred people. Oh, there's only two hundred people this year. So it doesn't lessen the achievement because you're still only competing against the people that are there. It makes no difference. That's yeah. my, my view of it, anyway. Um, but yeah, anyway, events wise. Um, in the middle of the pack, we have GT Finals. Um, so uh, GW's... Con- oh, sorry, very quick one to say about Facehammer. Um, the individual painting entry competition was really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, so they had basically had a, like an open category, um, small hero, large hero, and monster. And everyone put their models up. You went to have a look, and they, they chose the finalists. And they all got their own little pin, kind of very uh, like GW event-y. Um, and then they chose the finalists. It's great, it's great to see so many people. It's great to see so many people enter as well. But you know, yeah. felt, we felt a bit bad, didn't we, after last year mm. that we didn't sort of make as much of an effort? But yeah, it's good to see. I mean, I everyone's didn't. There. I didn't. And Graham, Graham, Shirley kicking dick again. Um, well, you won. You, you, you only won two. You won best in show and character. I think it was. Uh, Chris came mm-hmm. away with open with it for his ATST from uh, Star Wars, uh, and I came away with unit for my gadgets and goblins. So you know, it was, it was a good mix. But that was really good. We really enjoyed that. I definitely, definitely. Did Tom win? Did Did Tom win anything for his Nurgle Lord? No, I don't believe he did. I think I can't. I can't say for definite. So I'm sorry if he did, Tom, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but I think that that category was won by. Um, but he did get a finalist pin on it because it was a that was a particular. Yeah, it was always really nice. I just wanted to give him a bit of a shout out. It was. It was oh, actually, nice. it might have been. I think Garrett. Uh, I think he actually won. No, I think Tom won best in show for that, and I think Shirley won monster with his spider. I think that's right. Correct me if so. I, I can't remember. Sorry, guys. So um, I think didn't he didn't he didn't he beat out his uh, Farseer or something? I'm pretty sure that was the open but, category. I, mean, I think the Farseer was. I, um, but anyway, so going on to GT Finals. So if you weren't aware, Games Workshop do three heats throughout the year. Top half of each one gets qualified to go into the finals. So it's very much a gaming event. Uh, GW continued on the way that they've done armies in the past, which is they they nominate um, on the Saturday. On the Sunday, you at the lunchtime, you put your armies in the cabinets. You associate a random number, which you roll for. Um, then people go up and vote. That's how the, that the armies are done. So quite a big event. There's only one award for painting. Well, I think it's just shit. Um, so it's just first place. Um, nominations in the field was um, a new guy I hadn't met before, a chap called Sam Loving. Um, he got some Stormcast. I played him. Really just awesomely nice guy. Um, had a really nice Stormcast army. Uh, Joel Smith surprised, actually. Um, I, I hadn't seen any of his armies recently. Had a really nice Nurgle army. Um, then we had uh, Jack Spencer was going there with a Feck army. We done some really clever freehand. Uh, we had Terry Pike, Shocker, uh, myself, uh, Steve Wren with his Three Lords of Change, uh, uh, Ben Sava with his uh, Daughters of Cain. Um, those are the nominations. Uh, unsurprisingly, what they also do is they 
they have a Heroes of Legend where similar to what I just mentioned with Facehammer, but you self-nominate. So you, you go and say, I want to put this model into this, this category. Um, and Oscar, Oscar Knudsen, he'd, um, he'd traveled over, he met him as well. Super nice guy, really friendly to chat with. Um, it was a genuine highlight to meet him. Um, he'd put a couple of his heroes into those categories and they announced those first when he did the awards. And the thing with Oscar's army is it's non-metallic metal, which I'm not a fan of, but he's done it very well across an entire army. So the amount of time, like you're talking about painting, this is a painting army. You know, it's painted so well. But I felt it's one of those that sometimes runs the risk of being underappreciated because it's just an, an army that's painted nicely but they announced i think he won two of the three categories um for the individual models so as soon as they did that i was like right people have looked at his army so that means oscar's probably going to win this and he did so fair play to oscar came over smashed the first place painting i don't think once those were announced it was absolutely no no doubt um i did give give dig of terry a little bit of shit because he he'd got five blight kings in his army which weren't quite finished and he didn't put them in the cabinet to start with before they started voting so i gave him some shit over lunch so he put them in so it's fine we can let him off um and for a gw event that was that was all fine i didn't really have any issues with it which is in contrast to previous years but i think just one painting trophy for a bigger tournament like that was just a bit pants um and the event itself wasn't wasn't all that the aircon was broke but they didn't really do or say anything about it so it was boiling hot then the food was shit on the sat on, on the saturday and it was better again on the sunday but i think i'm done with gw finals and and stuff for, for the time being um it, the events themselves it kind of doesn't work particularly well in regards to the matchups it was just all a bit it was all a bit disappointing it, was, it felt like we were going yeah finals final hurrah and it was just all a bit meh I don't know if I don't know what you guys I don't know what you thought of the the coverage from the GT. It didn't even seem like there was many people talking about much of anything, even on Twitter. I don't know if you saw much, Rob. Um, yeah, well, I, I've heard a lot of feedback with some other podcasts, um, you know, about the uh, you know the food and all the rest of it. But what's what sticks out to me is the fact that I think have only having one and not doing first, second, and third. That's proper lame. Yeah. Like uh, you know, I, I, I you know I'm not gonna you know for for the size of of the event and and for the prestige of it all and all the rest of it, I'd you know sort of having a one and done kind of thing. That's just I, I don't think that's cool at all, really. Do you know what I mean that's and that's not sort of their justification for it? Because I have asked, and I think I mentioned this in the past, is simply it basically if you want if you're interested in painting, go to the Golden Demons that's oh really yeah that's that's the justification um which i think is bollocks oh, so, 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 so take take my whole army to yeah, the I, yeah you got an arm you got you got an army category have you o- open category here's my 2k you know zinch army um <laughs> cool thanks you know it, and it is and as i said it's i think it's being dismissive of of what it should be um it's, the thing it's, is I, the, the thing the, and sorry to keep interrupting no, you, no. Mate, but the, like, I've, got bit, interrupt. bit of, I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet about this now like it's not like it wouldn't take it's no extra effort to do second and third i agree do you know what i mean it's not like it's there's you know there, there's a massive logistical sort of rework that needs to be done in order to accommodate it do you know what i mean it's just like you just create two more trophies you know you spray whatever it is silver and bronze do you know what i mean and and you award it like and and like i think to 
you know, for sort of all the champion that we're trying to do for, you know, I know it's probably no one from Games Workshop listens to this, um, but, uh, you know, for, for, for that not to happen, I think that's a bit lame, to be fair. No, well, yeah, we know no one from GW listens. I've, I've tried to, you know, I've tried to correspond with them about the events team and they, they say they're open and they want feedback, but to be honest, all the answers I've had back from them is just stonewalled, really. It's, you know, it's it, it's, a sh- it's a shame. And they, they're kind of hiding behind a bit. We want to be a bit different. It's like, you're not being different. You're actually just being worse than the independent scene. Um, and the only reason I'll do a GW event next year is because Jen wants to go to Warhammer World. Um, and I'll probably get halfway through the year and go, oh, it's good. I want to go up because I do like the spectacle of it um but there's quite a few downsides to it and yeah it just it's just it's just a bit of a shame um listeners might notice that ian has got a little bit quiet i think he's having problems with his internet but we're going to crack on it's not made any difference to the recording so hopefully he'll, he'll he might pipe back up at some point um but yeah anyway i don't want to be too down on the gw events they are what they are but i know that you know a lot of people felt very disappointed by that as a final um and i th- think you know and there also didn't, didn't feel like there was many people there there was two other events on at the same time it, it was a general fuck up if i'm entirely honest um no discredit to people who won the painting i think you know everyone was happy with that result and it felt like the right people were nominated so painting side was fine just not enough trophies the event itself was just was just lackluster probably my second worst event to be honest i think i've been to um so hopefully, a bit of a shame, yeah. hopefully they'll especially improve next especially... year but i I've had a more especially the price and everything. Do you know what I mean? And the, yeah. the, the name they've got, you know, it is a bit, you know. And, and to be fair, you know, with the, you know, all the, you know, and that's not, you know, it's not a GW bashing episode or anything, but all the good work they've done, you know, with the community and, and you know, being at other events, it's not that there isn't a, it's not that there's not a standard to, no, to go to. Do you know what I mean? Like if the, the, you know they're at, they're, they're at these other events, you know, some of their employees go to these independents and then you know they know full well what the score is and you know not to toe the line as it were especially with them being oh you know we're so active now yeah it's just a bit of a shame really yeah i mean just even on the modeling side you know they've done these basing guides and they're still not enforcing it and people were doing stuff for advantage and it just looks shit for armies on the board it's just yeah it's just a shame we're still having the same it doesn't feel like much has changed since you know I, I last had that bad experience at, at the uh, at one of the heats the year before last. So yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. So we'll finish up on Raw, um, which so this is Realms at War uh, held at Cambridge, uh, which turns out to be an absolute ball ache to travel to if you want to last minute. Um, yeah, so we get on to uh, Realms at War. Um, so this is a narrative event um, held in Cambridge, uh, which we had a horrible journey up. It was so bad. We left at half past nine from Weymouth and we arrived in Cambridge at like, uh, I think it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock, something stupid. Fuck that. Yeah, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. But it was well worth it. Uh, accommodation across the road. The guys were awesome. Um and it was just so much fun. I mean, to be honest, I, I will say it didn't really feel overly like it didn't feel like I was a, I, I was expecting to go and go, oh, a narrative event is going to be so different. And it did just feel like a tournament. Like it doesn't it doesn't inherently feel any different. It's just a really cool tournament. Um, yeah. 
so we had all the all the realms laid out. I mean, I don't want to go into it too much because we're going to have a good chat with uh, Steve behind the ideas. But one of the things they did, I think, was just a great change from maybe what's happened la- uh, in the past. So I think last year, when you there was no there's no Swiss system for matching up the games, you just went, "Yeah, Rob, do you want a game? Yeah, yeah, yeah fine, no worries, you'll play." Which is fine if you know who you want to play, but it creates kind of like that playground mentality. I think I was a bit worried yeah. for Jen because. You know, she's a fairly new, newer player. She'd almost be relying on people to come up to her and say, oh, do you want to play a game? So instead, they had basically two heads, guild masters of these two different competing um, chemist guilds. And they oh, basically right. dictated who you wanted to play. But what you also allowed you to do is um, you can go over and talk to your mate on the other team and go, what take, right? Because you had little, uh, like you, you had the realm you were in and the table number. So you go, oh, try and get metal realm uh, table five and i'll do the same so you can go back to Guildmaster and go oh, i want to play steve we want to do realm five so it was you could it still allowed you to sort out those almost like mini grudge games during the event but it also you can go well just give us whatever i'll have table nine because it's on water and it worked really well i really liked it it was super casual and you just turn up to the table and you played who was there um the games range from 500 yeah, it really it just worked very really well. Um, it worked points were five hundred, uh, seven fifty thousand, uh, and one thousand five hundred was the maximum. Uh, so you had your Ethermist and your Chemist, and for me, the highlight of the event was seeing um, the idea that they gave everybody this this archetype. They said you need to make a Chemist model and you need to make a Lab model, and seeing them all on the table together what people created and what they came up with was the best thing about the event. It was so yeah, good to see. Good. I, saw the, I saw the pics online. It did look uh, a, a wide variety of... Uh, just like like a brainstorming session, a fucking... Um, like, a, like a toy developer or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, it's, let's like make a concept some, thing. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it looked awesome. Right up my street, that did. Yeah, it was really good. And it gave you everybody so many good ideas for the future. So that was yeah. awesome, just to see people's creative fluids put into this idea. So this that was brilliant to see, and probably my favourite aspect. And, um, you know, there were armies there that clearly been done for the event. There were armies there that had clearly been done that were tournament armies um or kind of swang more towards just being tournament armies and um, i still don't entirely know what narrative gaming is um i still felt all that we had a we had a battle plan we had rules we had the othermancy which we covered on the, the the episode with um with jimbo and mitzi which all worked very well and i still felt like i was just playing a competitive tournament game a lot of the time with every yeah. now and again kind of some extra things like i did doubles with chris and chris put crunk on although it wasn't his army and he was fighting other mega bosses and vying um and one of the things i did is i wanted to bring something i wanted to do something that would be extra for me but at the same time it wouldn't be forcing my narrative or what i wanted to do on my opponent so right. what I did is I had I, I had a summoning mechanic with my Caradron. So the idea is I had a, I had a purse full of uh, gold coins, and I said because I'm a mercenary, I'm flush with gold. Here's my little here's my little purse full of gold coins. So you can take any of these gold coins at any time, and each one you take allows you to re-roll one dice. So that was a simple mechanic. I said, however, they're my summoning points, but you're not going to know what my summoning points are. 
so people oh. take them and one of the guys in my first game i think it was rob he came he got up to like six he took six re-rolls in a turn um and that allowed me to bring on six sky wardens you know the deep deep strike onto the idea of i paid for the reinforcements they came down they fought and it worked it worked really well um i was quite happy with it but it obviously wouldn't work in any other scenario um but I specifically played. I played Steve Foot last round as he's basically the spare player, and he had his Skyer um, Doom Wheel Army. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, yeah, this awesome. Like, yeah. awesome. And that's that was the narrative game I played. Like I understood. Like I, I think you are either a narrative player or you aren't. I don't think it's something that you can pretend to be or not. Um, yeah. It was just the way he played, like he was doing leadership tests for stuff to the Doom Wheels. Like, right, I need the Doom Wheel to go over here and kill your other lab, but there's some soft um, Arcanauts in front of him, which you'll probably want to charge. So I'm going to do a leadership test. If he fails, he's going to charge the Arcanauts and stuff. It's just little things like that, and the fact that he straight away put his Ether Mist on his Ether Lab. There's no rules for that. Like they're two separate models. You can't just put models on models in a normal game. And he did it. Well, would you mind if I do that with mine? He's like, no. So cool. So I'll stick backhand on here, and, we'll do... and it's and it works. And it's a really fun way of playing. But I think it's a mentality you've either got or you haven't. So I didn't feel like I was pl- I was playing narrative. I felt Steve was playing narratively, and I was playing in his little narrative world, which was brilliant for me. And I felt like in a narrative game. I don't think I added to the narrative. I don't. Well, I definitely added, but I don't think we were the same level of narrativeness. Um, plus, I smashed him as well, so I suppose that doesn't really help. Well, reminds me of um, was it during the? I don't know whether it was during your. Um, is it what's the? Is it the slaughter grounds? Which was the one where you did with with. Uh, during the end times yeah um was it during that or was it during the mings where um like uh scott was just like fucking playing against a bretonian arm with the beastman he's like oh yeah just on you know i'm just gonna do a a thing and then uh my angor is gonna take over your your uh ballister yeah and like man little things like that would it could potentially happen in the game you know, in so in real life, quotation marks. But you know, there's no rules for. But it's like, cool, man. Like I, 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 I like don't really care about. You know, this isn't a tournament where we're, we're playing for yeah. tournament points. Well, you know, the only problem with that like, is. The only problem with that is Scott is also not a narrative player. Scott was just doing that to win games. <laughs> that makes sense. Like he wasn't doing it because it was cool. Anything that he was asking to do or suggesting that he did was a benefit to him. So Scott's a bad narrative player. Bad Scott. Bad. Um, so not not the best example. But I mean, to be honest, I do have a bit of a pedigree for winning games because both the the original painting masters and the hobby Mingvitationals and this, I did really well on all my games, but you fucking I don't smash know. it, didn't you? You proper well in your element. I can't, I can't, I don't know. I do just like winning, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that, to be honest. It just happens. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah, really. I mean, we're going next year. We've already got plans in motion for a couple of us to do some cool stuff. So super excited about Raw. And yeah, they just put in a great event. Um, I'm not going to credit Ming for anything because I don't know what he did. So he gets enough credit. So 
<laughs> we can sit out in the corner. But Steve, Mitzi, Jimbo, amazing time. And, you know, they had like a breakfast bar in there, like t- free tea and coffee. Is it, um, it bring your own booze? Yeah, it's bring your own booze as well. Um, oh, nice. I might have to go next year then. Yeah, like, but like I said, they got like fruit and drink and juices and donuts. And it was just... Um, yeah, it was just really, really good. Like, I can't, I can't fault it. It's not even that expensive an event either, like ticket-wise for what you get, and you get to play on these awesome boards. They've all, they've all scratch built. So, yeah, if you see raw tickets go up, just buy a ticket. Just do it. Just buy a ticket. Um, but for the army-wise, had loads of painting awards on. Uh, first one I mentioned is they, they did an award for the best Ether Lab and Ether Mist, uh, which went to our very own Paul Buckler. Um, he had his um, Spider Fan Grot army, and his lab was basically a spider cut in half, all oozing Fucking out. Fucking gross. Uh, yeah, proper gross. Uh, with like an with an auger kind of brewing, you know, brewing away. It was like a proper. It was literally a proper little lab. Um, so he, he, he won the award for that. Um, then they had they they had coolest, which was uh, third place came with John Green, uh, where he's got that. Uh, mixed order list like the, the the dark kind of rusted armor and the fluorescent green he's been working on for a while it's just so striking so good um then it was bish i mean bish's army in the flesh just seeing it it's, it's just it's it's kind of like seeing graham's but you know display board um is in an even higher level it's it's yeah it's just sick and it was awesome to to meet bish as well uh, have a good chat i've got some oh got some jam for you rob by the way um nice and then that, uh, and then the winner for the quarter actually was Ben Chalk, which who was the person I voted for. Um, Ben's army, he just presented so well. Like, he didn't have a display board. But he had a map that themed his army and his lab and everything was spot on. And he's got his army book done and it just so good. I mean, it's one of those armies where, again, it's not a technically well-painted army, but it's done to a very good standard and the conversion work is stellar. So he, he walked away with that. Um, then Judge's Choice, which they term painting, which again we've already mentioned, so I'm not going to crack on about that. Uh, third place, uh, we have Ben Chalk. Um, so he came first for quarters, third for painting. Uh, second place with Nick Shepard. Nick had a, he had the giant army, all the different giants, which were really, really cool. Um, and then finally, Aaron came in top for the painting on that one. So that's well deserved from Aaron. You know, it's this is the only time I have an issue with painting when I look at it. Um, so there was two other nominations, which is a chap called Alex, Alex McGee and myself. Um, so painting, painting wise, because they termed it painting. Nick's army is awesome. It's got some great freehand. It's not a well painted army. Ben Chalk's army. Great army. Look, like I said, it brilliant. Got my vote. Judging it on painting. It's not a, it's not a particularly well painted army. So when you're calling it best painted, you can that's this is the issue. You can dispute it. You can go, hold on. That's the wrong choice. That's why I don't like it. Call it best army. Judge's Choice Best Army, yeah, fine. No issues with those whatsoever. Everybody in that field deserved to walk away with an award, but that's just a best painted example. Um, and, yeah, so it was just a, a super a super good event. Uh, what I wanted to say is from Face Hammer and Finals and Raw particularly, it's – I don't want to name names because, you know, I don't want to mention people's names on the podcast if, if they don't want them said, but – I had so many good, awesome conversations with people saying they listen to the podcast, they're aware of who we are, and it's just, please do not. We're going to get some team shirts, we're going to get some t-shirts done and stuff, and some snapbacks, and so you know who we are and where we are. It's my highlight. Like People in coming talk to me about what we're doing and painting and anything. Just come talk to us. I love it. Like If I come away from an event and I've spoken to three new people I've never met before, 
you know, I'll make an effort to chat to you at the next event. I'll try, you know, because I, I, I want to speak to you people. You know, people, you listen to this. We want to chat. So honestly, it's so good that people were speaking to it. And I love that. It's great conversations, particularly at Raw. Um, but yeah, you know, meet some new faces and stuff. And they just, you know, these people become my friends over the years. So yeah, that, that's been awesome. And it's a shame that you and Ian have missed out on it a bit, really, to be honest. We know that you, uh, you know, you, you're really the attention seeker out of the three of us, and you know, me, well, me, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm fucking winding you up, man. Yeah. Did you know? Like, it's not, but, um, it's not attention seeking. It's, it's just great no, to know. Don't be that... silly. No, it's, it's nice. It's nice to know that you know when we take the time to talk to people, and like you know, I've had some great feedback over some of the rants that I've had, and to, it's, it's just, mate. It's, if anything, it's nice to know that there's like-minded people out there, and I yeah, know definitely. that you know. Obviously, we, we're in a we're in a community and we, it's a very niche thing. And obviously there's like-minded people at all the tournaments that we go to and all the things that we, all the people that we meet, but to have people appreciate our point of view and actually appreciate the content that we put out, I say content in the very loosest sense of the word. Um, but you know, like the, the, the appreciate what, what we do, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's great. And um, it keeps us going. Cause I, I, it feels sometimes like we're in a, little bubble doesn't it you know we do yeah. this we put podcasts out and we you know we get people say on twitter and you get a retweet and a like and you might get the odd message and stuff and it's cool but it's when you see someone in fact you know meet someone in person and they're willing to talk to you because of what you've been doing and they you know they mention they're like we're doing it's means an awful lot so you know please keep doing that and don't you know don't don't hesitate to email us drop us messages on twitter you know engage with us as much as possible you know that's what we're here for um ask questions if we you don't have to wait till we do a shout out for questions on the episodes as well you know just send us a message um, a couple of people have done that and i'll answer directly or talk about it on a future episode so you know don't don't hesitate to ever get in contact with us um but yeah that's kind of what i wanted to to end on please speak to us contact us um Anything else from you, Rob? Obviously, Ian has completely gone. I've kicked him off the call because he was being a bit noisy. Um, <laughs> Have we got any questions or any Q&A stuff to go through? Or is no, that we, we not, done? not for this one. I think we've got quite a lot of content to catch up on this episode. And uh, next episode with Steve's going to be a lot. So maybe when we come back okay, and cool. do a, a regular episode after that, we'll get some questions out. Yeah, yeah. Get your, like I said, if, if, you, if, if, people, if there are any sort of things out there, that any, any kind of topics that we can actually... Uh, so I think um, obviously the release is now obviously got Moon Clan on the horizon, but we you know there's uh, obviously there's going to be the the, the build up to Christmas now and all the sort of gift sets and paints and um, new 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 butt plugs butt plugs with anal oh, beads coming God. out of them right. XXL butt plugs. I will and say all the rest of it. Fuck that! Just that bunny ears joke. Like the same people. Like oh, just. I swear I saw 10 people tweet <laughs> the same thing trying to claim that that was a joke. I was I just like, stop it. Just stop. Stop. Someone <laughs> said it to start funny. with. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Then it was just like, no, you're just saying the same thing. Just, yeah. It's the same thing like with Warhammer Community. When they put an article out, there's an article, link to the article, great. You don't need to keep everybody linking to the article that we've all seen because we're all part of that same community and we get the emails and then you repost the photos of the models that we know are in the article and you're not adding anything to the conversation Arr, stop it you put something in the whatsapp group as well like me like oh look how cool this model is like yeah we saw that about two hours ago rob uh, there's no need to say how much you like that model um but no yeah i think um it's a perfect what i was going to say it was a perfect opportunity if you want to if we 
um, we're probably, obviously with the lack of events that we're going to, uh, obviously we've got the Steve Foot episode, which I think it's Ian's turn if his uh, mobile broadband can, can hang on and, and keep him connected for all of it. I might have to be the spare player, as it were, as far as that podcast. But, um, you know, that our next sort of general episode, if, if people want to, sort of inundate us with questions yeah. and it'd be more of a Q&A kind of episode there's obviously there's a as you're well aware listeners slash fans it doesn't take much to get us going off at a tangent um so you know any of these questions are not only good for us to sort of answer if, if they're genuine things but they're they're quite good at generating content in themselves you know because it gives us a topic to discuss so yeah, get get your questions in for you know over the next sort of two weeks or so, and Matt can build up a a, a log of yep. you know the any, things any, to, to any talk about. If yeah. there's certain things you know, if you think oh it'd be great if you did this or would like to do, you know, just give us some feedback. You know, if Ian, if Ian talked more, yeah, that's you know. great. Yeah, I'm I'm just here to let you two talk. I am the uh-huh. instrument of spreading your word on the internet. That's that's I consider that my role. Uh, and in, and nice. you know, and I, I get angry and chat about stuff in the meantime. Anyway. Excellent. Right, we'll call it there. Um, thanks for listening, yeah. and we look forward to another episode out next week. And you'll hear the musings of Steve Foot. Bye from That'll me. That'll be a good one. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye from Ian. Oh well, this has not been quite so tidy. I'm off. Fingers once again.